Thank you for joining us on this special episode of the Comics Pals. We are here to review the latest MCU movie. We're here to review Marvel's Blade, starring Mahershala Ali. Tremendous what? film. Well, let's get out the gate. Like, tremendous film. Amazing. What he did to all Love those Draculas? It. Pretty Man. cool. Consume, oh. consume. Wait. You guys didn't see Blade? Huh? So No, I was there. I saw it. Oh. Wait, was it supposed to be out this week? Was this the Well, the, I was I was uh I was daydreaming about a timeline in the MCU where everything uh you know didn't get fucked and everything came out on time, which means Fantastic Four would come out on time, which means I'd be winning my bet with Kefis. <laughs> but no, we are actually not here to talk about Blade. Uh, that is not the subject of today. The subject of today That'll is be the MCU the because the MCU is in shambles. Oh, chills, chills. I, I, chills what was more surprising than all this MCU talk was the fact that Sean started an episode with a bit. That was, I was like, whoa, hey. <laughs> Very rare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I just felt I needed to get that off my chest. And he couldn't couldn't let us keep going with it either. No, I didn't want it. <laughs> and you scared me because I actually did watch the first Blade movie for the first time this, this past week. So I was like, "What? Do you, how do you know?" I was very strange. Truthfully, I I was uh, hoping someone would just interrupt me, but you know, somehow when I want to get interrupted on this show, I can't. Listen, you started with a bit. That's our favorite thing to do. You're right. You're right. I me, live me, a and bit. Tyler said, "Oh, improv? Yeah, let's do it." Yes, and yes, and. <laughs> well, everybody knows by now that Variety put out an MCU-centric article this week. Uh, timing is probably a coincidence that it dropped the week that Blade should have been coming out. Um, the day before, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, actually, it dropped the day that I would have been seeing Blade because I would have seen second. it on Thursday. Yeah, the yeah. second. Yep. <laughs> so, Or I, actually, I think it dropped the first. Anyways, point is, it's a huge article. Uh, you can set your watch to it. If it's a new season, like in life, if seasons have changed, Variety will put out an article about the MCU um, and probably, you know, decrying it or, you know, talking about the uh, the eventual doom. A, re- a real lack of variety doom? in their takes uh, regarding Marvel. Um, yeah, so there, there's a lot to get into. They, they point out, you know, a lot of the things that just a lot of people have already talked about. We've talked about a lot of this stuff already. Um, I think a lot of non-connected people who just talk crap about the MCU but don't necessarily, like, follow all the news uh, found a lot of bombshells in this article and a lot of new things to be really mad about when it comes to the MCU. Er. We're gonna break them. We're gonna break all this down because the MCU does, in fact, have some problems, and the article does a good job of laying out the three pronged problem that the MCU faces. Uh, we're gonna dive into that three pronged problem. We're gonna talk about all the things that the Variety article has to say, um, and we've got a lot of fun planned for today. So it's gonna be a great time. Make sure you guys are hitting that like button if you are ready for this conversation about the MCU. Thank you for joining us. 
live or otherwise. Always happy to have you. Let's talk. Now, I'm going to refer right to the Variety article up front by Rafa Alvarez for Variety. Now, I am quoting the article. This past September, a group of Marvel creatives, including studio chief Kevin Feige, assembled in Palm Springs for the studio's annual retreat. Most years, the vibe would have been confident, even cocky, given how the premier superhero brand, owned by Disney since 2009, has remade the entertainment business in its image. But this occasion was angst-ridden. Everyone at Marvel was reeling from a series of disappointments on screen, a legal scandal involving one of its biggest stars, and a question questions about the viability of the studio's ambitious strategy to extend the brand beyond movies into streaming. The most pressing issue to be discussed at the retreat was what to do about Jonathan Majors, the actor who had been poised to carry the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but instead is headed to a high-profile trial in New York later this month on domestic violence charges. The actor insists he is the victim, but the damage to his reputation and the chance he could lose the case has forced Marvel to reconsider its plans to center it, the next phase of its interlocking slate of sequels, spinoffs, and series around Majors' villainous character, Kang the Conqueror. The article goes on to talk about how Marvel is thinking about replacing Majors with Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, the fact that that's a little dicey because you know they're all in on Kang. He's in Loki. Apparently, the finale of Loki doubles down on Kang. Um, and of course, Kang is the villain of the fifth Avengers movie. Coming out in 2020, 2026, the Kang Dynasty. His name is in the title. Like, Right. How do you pivot from that? Yeah, They talk about the historical Kang, Kang Dynasty instead. <laughs> <Just a time laughs> the Genghis Kang yeah. Dynasty. Yeah. So here are the three prongs of the problem as I see it as and as Variety laid out. Jonathan Majors, the recent movies that they've put out, just underwhelming audiences, and the streaming aspect diluting the overall Marvel brand. And I want to start at the top with Jonathan Majors. The the major uh, elephant in the room there. The Jonathan Majors elephant yeah. in the room. Why, why is Marvel so damn against recasting? I don't think they are. I, I mean... I don't it, look. There's no, there's no reason for them to have already recast. I don't think they're. I don't think that that's necessary. Yeah, yeah. I think they're sort of waiting to get through the court of public opinion. The article says it. The article says as much. But CAA already dropped majors, so like, there's already people dropping him out. You know, before all this stuff. So, I just think. Like I, I know there's a possibility he could be innocent. That's you know innocent until proven guilty. But it's just a lot of heat on something you don't need that kind of heat on. And like, as a business, um, I don't think that's the guy you want to pin your entire hopes and dreams for the future of your main money maker on. Well. Go ahead, Marco. Sorry, but I, I guess to that point, if he does end up being innocent at the end of it, then it should just kind of be like, you know, all uh, 
just move ahead. But can Marvel or Disney really bet on an if? Yes. I think they, they are, can yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I think old Disney would have changed it in heartbeat. Hmm. Look, Secret or uh, Kang Dynasty isn't due out until 2026. By 2026, I mean that's a long that's a long time from now. If he is, if if Majors is found not guilty, right, the Heat will die off. Um, if this just sort of disappears for whatever reason, which it probably won't, because he's going to trial, um, the Heat will die off. Now they're now they're trying to figure out what to do because casting and building towards Kang Dynasty at this point is a real is a real thing. Um, but prior to now, they haven't even been able to script a way out because of the strike. So oh, yeah. they've they've been this is the plan that they've been locked into. And I think when you look at Marvel over the last three years, it really is a series of unfortunate events. Not to take any heat off of mistakes that might have been made, but COVID, the strike. And Jonathan Major's bad behavior, allegedly, are all things that are outside of Marvel's control. And again, you can argue they handled them all badly, but none of those things were inherently caused by Marvel. Yeah, I don't think you can really blame the COVID on anyone, really. Nobody knew how to handle that in any situation or any industry. Right. Um, I mean, you can blame them for certain certain decisions, but uh, it has been. But I also think there's been some, uh, I, I guess corporate mistakes as well that's what i said yeah, yeah. there were there were mistakes outside of their uh, there were mistakes they sure. made mistakes but the the mistakes that they made were primarily caused by things that happened that they weren't in control of but let's stick to majors i think that at this point they have to commit or not one way or another either you keep them and keep him no matter what, or you drop him. I don't think that dropping majors is the same thing as dropping Kang. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, agree. So commit, point. commit. You're saying commit to Kang. If the major stuff becomes bad, you drop him. You recast. Right. Right. I, I, mean, I don't. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I I was just gonna jump in and say like even even something like the like Ezra was convicted of things and the heat still dropped off and the the company didn't drop or did all that buildup waited until the end saw the public opinion whatever the the individuals decided was good or bad of uh, said individual but the movie still popped out uh, they're no longer part of a larger narrative so i think they were more willing to take a riskier bet on ezra and a consequence of a trial but to uh to sean's point once this goes through for majors, if it comes out messy on the end, yeah, I think I think you stick to the architecture, not to like the individuals getting plugged into those things. Yeah, I don't think that majors has to stay. And I while he is a star in a lot of ways, I don't think he's it's not gonna be like what it would be like to say, for example, have to have had recast Robert Downey Jr. It's not that big of a deal. Um, and I think they would pull the trigger if they felt they needed to. I don't think anyone cares that much 
especially when you're talking about variants, they could just not look like him. <laughs> I saw a rumor that the um what's the guy's name? Uh he's playing Obi on Loki. Oh, Kihei Kwan. I saw a rumor that he was a va- that he could be a variant of Kang. Bro. He, deser- him- he he deserves that. <laughs> you know, whatever. Like let him take it over. I don't care. Get some other dude. There's other dudes. Yeah. Get the uh the dude that played um uh get Johnny Depp. Get, get the dude that played Dr. Manhattan on Watchmen. Uh, yeah. Yaya Abdul Mateen. Get yeah, him. especially he's since great. apparently Wonder oh, Man he... got canceled because that's who he was casting. Right. He's, he's he can do other work. It's I not that meant... big of a deal. I thought you meant Greg from Darwin Greg <laughs> from the Watchmen movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that guy. That was the guy from Darwin Greg. I think so. Or no, it's the dude. He looks just like the dude. I don't think it's him. My bad. <laughs> but yeah. I, I get that I get that Marvel is in a bind with this, and I understand why this would cause them a lot of uh, anxiety and frustration. And from the Variety article, it sounds like they were already thinking about pivoting away from majors when the um, when Ant Man came back as not being that hot of a movie. Uh, there were already thoughts that maybe they should pivot away from Kang. But that wasn't a that movie wasn't bad because of Kang. I think most people coming out of that movie, especially even on this podcast, said yeah. that Kang was one of the only good parts. At least that's how you guys felt about it. But Quantumania, yeah, yeah there's. I mean, there was not much, you know, chicken chicken shit out of chicken shit. That's not the expression. But it was Michelle Pfeiffer, and it was Kang. Yeah, it was Jonathan yeah. Majors. Wild. And even even on and the Mark. Loki show, like the Kang stuff's great. Yeah. He, he he does good work. Like it, he he carries the character and was able to give the the character some bravado. So like, give me that dastardliness, with or without majors. And he give makes me... weird choices too with acting. Like like the way he he's does. doing Victor Timely and Loki right now is weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's not like every other MCU actor in the way they're like performing. And he's pretty much outperforming everyone. If I'm being honest, but. And and I want to say right now that any praise that we're offering or any like this conversation doesn't have anything to do with what he is alleged of doing. If he is guilty of that, then throw him under the jail, right? Like, yep. I don't care. Like, he, goodbye. And by all accounts, it sounds like he probably is because um, uh, he was I, I want to say and I, I, I think this is what I read that when he was dropped by his uh, agency with CAA, right? Um, that when he was dropped, it was because of rumors that he was abusive on another set uh, of a of a project that he had been working on, and when that came out, he was dropped for that. So we're not absolving anything. We're not saying, "Oh, he's such a great guy because he's a great actor." No, he sucks. We're just talking about the work. Performance is that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the that's the story on majors. It's a huge problem for Marvel, though. Either way, it's not the only problem they got because the recent movies that they put out have just not been that hot, whether you like them or not. And I think Marvel's track record of good to bad is still pretty good. The public perception of Marvel is that the last several movies have not been that great. And even the ones that we sort of like 
aren't that good. Like Shang-Chi, people like him. People like that movie. People aren't that connected to Shang-Chi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's definitely like a recency bias, I think, uh, because I would say everything up until Endgame, fire. You know, or or at the very at the very least, all above average and consistent until the new phase, and then yeah, it yeah. COVID pieces, and then you know all that sort of started to affect the the lump of subsequent movies. But all of them being the subsequent movies after Endgame. After Endgame is when the faucet turned on for the content. You know, the dawn of Disney Plus meant that, like I think now between Endgame. And what we have now, I think we have double the amount as if we had before Endgame prior in yeah. such a short amount of time, um, which I think is the issue. I, th- I think, I think uh, uh, Marvel Studios is having the same issue that comic books have um, hmm. in so much that, oh, this is doing well. Let's put out five Spider-Man books. Oh, they're not selling. Yeah. Well, it's because Spider-Man does, you know, nobody wants, you know, uh, Silk as a as a character it's 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 almost funny how one-to-one it seems and it's 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 corporate minded is exactly what it is it's all right how do we get more money out of this oh let's just keep milking out properties why do we have an echo show like no, no offense to echo and the trailer looked good but there's a, a dilution that comes when you're just spewing out content yeah it's like us with the draft um i i think that I think that yeah, there is there is a a dilution, and the, the Variety article speaks to that. It says replicating that kind of phenomenon is never easy. However, the source of Marvel's current troubles can be traced back to 2020. That's when the COVID pandemic ushered in a mandate to help boost Disney's stock price with an endless torrent of interconnected Marvel content for the studio's fledgling streaming platform, Disney Plus. According to the plan, there would never be a lapse in superhero fare. With either a film in theaters or a new television sh- series streaming at any moment. Now let's follow that. Let's follow it, because you go from that right to the complaints about visual effects. Yep, that the studio already dealt with with Black Panther, because people said that the the finale of Black Panther looked like shit from a visual standpoint. Then you move forward. And now we're talking about She-Hulk, and we're talking about um, uh, WandaVision, which had visual effects that were finished after their episodes aired. Where the She-Hulk trailer came out, and everybody looked at it and said, whoa. And there were all those people that were like, you guys are complaining because it's because it's She-Hulk and it's a woman and you don't want to see it and blah blah blah. No, it looks like shit. It that's looks that. like shit. That's that same it. It's that same uh, HBO. Uh, you know that thing HBO people the execs got caught. I think it was this week. Uh, making um, um, burners um, burners for uh, critics. They just right. got caught. Disney was doing that exact same shit. I guarantee it. Yeah, 100%. come on, man. And there was a guy on TikTok, I, f- I forgot his name, th- that said that, like, because of needing to push out all this content fast and loose and this in the CGI is a little, you know, half-assed, um, they can say, well, nobody wants to watch a female superhero move- uh, show, I guess. 
And they could put the blame on that instead. Uh, and decide, all right, well, we're going to do more Iron Man instead. But, like, meanwhile, like, maybe She-Hulk deserved better as a character and as a property. Well, did you see what the um, <laughs> what the uh, uh, the article said about the original uh, arc in She-Hulk? So the original flashback uh, where she gets her powers that happens in the first episode wasn't going to happen until episode eight. You sure? Uh, yeah. So uh, let's see. So it says uh, a flashback of star Tatiana Maslany's transformation into her whole character didn't take place until episode eight, the penultimate episode. But after Marvel's brain trust, trust watched the footage it realized the scene needed to happen in the pilot so that audiences could see more of the character's backstory early that meant that the vfx team was tasked with fixing the mess in post-production and from what i remember they isn't her origin essentially a play on the original incredible hulk origin like the 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 um old tv show I don't remember. Got it. Okay. Whatever it was, though, it was supposed to happen in the eighth episode. It happened in the first episode. Which seems like the issue that they just had with Daredevil when they're recorrecting again, where it's like, well, nothing happens until <laughs> way too late of the show. Yeah. Well, either way, they have the, the whole VFX team has to fart out an entire pilot, you know, to fix this whole thing. No wonder well, it looks so bad. They have to, they have to do a scene with She-Hulk, a character that only exists through visual effects and CG, seven episodes earlier than they thought they would. Yeah. And that's not the only example of that kind of uh, bullshit, quite frankly, because there's another example. With Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, that movie and the Marvel swapped release dates. So Ant-Man yeah. and the Wasp came out Four and a half months earlier than it was expected, which is great for us, right? That always sounds beautiful when a movie gets moved up. But for the visual effects team, what that means is that they lost four and a half months of time to work on it. So when you say the movie looks bad, keep that in mind. That's not a problem. That's not even a problem of overwork. And I'm not denying any overwork, but that's not a problem of overwork. That's a problem of mismanagement. It's the same problem that we saw on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And in that scenario, we said that Christopher Lord does not respect the visual effects artists. Yep. Marvel, in this case, does not respect the visual effects artists. You cannot do that. And subsequently, because of all that, uh, now we have a union, which, thank God. <laughs> uh, but we it's at least, like, how, how do you fuck up so bad? <laughs> That you force people to actually, uh, you know, uh, realize their worth and actually do something about it. So, I mean, silver lining, maybe. But It's ridiculous. And, it, and again, all these problems now that Marvel never had he, in spaces. Not every Marvel movie was good. Black Panther had problems with visual effects. People have been angry with Marvel movies since the first fucking Marvel movie, okay? So... Put the doom the doom saying aside, but right now, today, Marvel has serious problems. I hope they eat shit because of it. Frankly, <laughs> I mean, you know, I know that's that's a me opinion, but 
Like, look, they dug this hole themselves. They dig themselves out. But we're getting Agatha, Coven of Darkness soon, guys. Uh, well, uh, oh, listen. Kenneth Branagh's got the Agatha, Coven of Christie movies coming out. I'd rather go see those. I, I think that's that's a big problem for me is the amount of content that comes out. It, the The movies would be would feel like momentous occasions because there was some gap in between, but the frequency of it, I think, has lessened the impact of a new character reveal or a, a new fact that we learn because we have to be involved in all those these individual parts that it feels like it uh, it kind of like bifurcates the community oh i saw this but I, maybe i didn't see this whereas people previously were like oh the new marvel movie's coming out cool we're all gonna go see this because we're all following the story and now you have the flexibility to follow the story to different levels you can follow only the movies maybe just the tv shows maybe you do both maybe you, know, you pick and choose based on your favorite character and i think it makes for less unified fans and so you can uh, you can start to critique the individual quality of a show more often because there's so much more content out there versus reeling it back focusing on the quality of it um, and then also just making the in my opinion the either the shows or the movies uh just more momentous occasions so that we can feel like we're leading into a thing versus you know having an echo like okay i'm not sure i'm i'm i'll probably watch the first episode or the 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 agatha show like those are extra bits and bobs that don't excite or interest me to continue to follow the marvel universe you're making me only follow the things that i want yeah i mean i just Echo's cool, but we're going to talk about the trailer a little bit later. Great looking show. Do I really need it? Absolutely not. Uh, I I was in favor of them doing shows. I never realized that this is where it would get so fast. Hmm. I thought, all right, hey, a limited amount of shows, a, sh a, a show a year maybe, something like that. I didn't know that they were going to do shows about Agatha. I really that, that's crazy. And it's unfortunate, right? Because we're throwing out these names and they're all women. But these are this is where those characters like this is where those this is where women's stories are being told. You know, the WandaVision, the Wanda story was told through that show. Mm -hmm. She-Hulk show, Agatha show, Echo show. Let not I'm not saying we need an Agatha movie. Fuck that. Agatha should be a supporting character. Not every character has to have their own thing. But if you tell me that there's going to be, you know, a show about Storm, right? A character that people actually, like, love and there's a groundswell of support for. I'm in. Let's get it. We just yep. saw Black Panther 2, women-led movie. I'm in. And then the other issue, too, is that a lot of these TV shows that are like, eh, are now dictating the films. Like, the Marvels doesn't make sense if you just watch Captain Marvel. <laughs> Yeah. You need and to watch should. two other shows. Uh, yep. Three other shows. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Wand WandaVision, um, uh, Secret Invasion, uh, Secret Invasion Miss Marvel. and Miss Marvel. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy. Let me get back to the article real quick, though, um, because I have, I have more to say about the visual effects. Here's a quote from <laughs> what the article claims is a veteran power broker, which 
I hope that in my lifetime, I live well enough to be one day referred to as a power broker. Is it the power broker? Is it Sharon Carter? Like, <laughs> no. Uh, quote, there were, this is, uh, this is in reference to the Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, film. Quote, there were at least 10 scenes where the visual effects had been added at the last minute and were out of focus. It was insane. I've never seen something like that in my entire career. Everyone was talking about it. Even the kids of executives were talking about it. I that uh, Do you guys remember that um, Chris Hemsworth piece that came out? Uh, I guess it was a few months ago now. I think it may have been GQ. His kids make fun of him for Thor 4. Like, yeah, it's bad. Um, and so Victoria Alonso, who is someone that we talked quite a few times about a few months ago, uh, she was the individual that was in charge of pretty much the production and pre production, post production, overseeing the visual effects, everything like that. She lost her job, she was fired, the axe fell on her. Now, at the time, there was conversation about her being fired because of not wanting to take out an LGBT flag or something of that nature from Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania for a release in another country. She didn't want to do that, so she was fired, allegedly. This article says that she was fired because Bob Iger and other executives at Disney were in flames over the visual effects problems that Marvel had been having, and so the axe fell on her. And that the sort of like scapegoat reasoning was the fact that while Rome was burning, she was promoting another movie at the Oscars, her pet project film. And so that's why she's gone. So we got some clarity on that. I'm sure all those things are the reason why she's gone. But it doesn't sound like it's ultimately her fault. Because at the end of the day, if you're telling if you're telling the visual effects people, all right, you got four and a half months to finish this off, make it look great. And then you say, and then someone from over her, right, because that's not her department, says, no, this movie's coming out four and a half months earlier. How can she, one on the visual effects team, be held responsible for a decision that they did not make that directly led to a bad looking movie? And if the movie itself was bad, that's still not her fault because right. that script, that's potentially acting and different things. Well, she was the manager, so she's responsible. That's the corporate line. Yeah. Oh, I know it, baby. <laughs> Marco loves the corporate line. They'll be like on the, the side of that line, but. He's doing bumps of it in the bathroom. <laughs> hey. <laughs> then, you, then you got the Marvels. Which is looking like it's going to be a disaster. Uh, it costs two hundred and fifty million dollars to make. It's projected to make That's... between seventy-five and eighty million Whoa, to start what? its opening weekend. Oh, oh, oh! And but but that's still shit because that's a hundred million dollars lower than Doctor Strange two that opened at one hundred and eighty-five. Yikes! Last year, did you guys, did you guys know that came out last year? Yeah, did it really. I've had a year, Cal. I remember. Oh, where's this year gone? Um, it says the Variety article says that there were four weeks of reshoots to bring together a quote tangled storyline. Um, reshoots are normal in Hollywood. Uh, that's not that big of a deal. And on top of that, the way the Marvel movies tend to work, 
you know, Kevin Feige swings in at the last minute and saves everything. So I'm not that concerned by the idea that there were reshoots. Um, but they also say that Naya Costa, who's the director, moved to London to work on a new movie while the Marvels is still in post-production. Uh, they cite that as being abnormal. That is a thing that does happen. Um, so I don't know what to make of that. But production at that point. Yeah, which directors are, are normally supposed to be intimately involved in. No doubt about it. But you can do that remotely. This isn't 1960. Um, and during a public test screening that they had in Texas, the audience gave the movie middling reviews. And Marvel never has public test screenings. They did a public test screening for a women-led film uh, with a Muslim character in Texas, and it went bad? Huh. Well, a queer-coded woman, a uh, black woman, and a Muslim woman in Texas. Yeah, you're right. That's not great. Hope that hope that happened in Austin. Hey, the movie doesn't look good, so it don't surprise me. What's the story of the movie? story of the movie is that three characters who don't have anything to do with each other other than they're all Miss Marvel at some point or another, uh, their powers are for some reason intersecting and they're switching places. That's fine. Uh, I don't care. I wanted to follow the storyline from Captain Marvel 1, and we're not doing that. So why should I go see this? Yeah. It's crazy. Because Beastie Boys. <laughs> crazy no you, you you have to see so marvel's thinking is you have to see this because you definitely watched all of wandavision and all of miss marvel and all of uh shitty scrolls um so you're gonna see it because we've conditioned you at this point like that's what it but feels yeah. like and that's i mean it's the same bullshit they're doing in the comics of course you're gonna buy exactly. guys for yep. ten ten dollars it's a marvel book it's got jonathan hickman on it well, keep in mind when we say these things, this is a this is a mandate that came down years ago. It's not to say that again, Marvel has made mistakes, but it's not Marvel's it's Kevin Feige's not the one that said who's the boss of Marvel. He's not the one who said, "Yeah, I can't wait to get everybody to double, triple, quadruple dip on us every single year." I'm pretty sure that if Kevin Feige had it his way, we'd still have about 2 to 3 Marvel films a year and that'd be it. Agree. Agreed. Maybe a werewolf by night type of thing. Maybe something small like that. There's no evidence whatsoever that Kevin Feige would have done this because Kevin Feige kept things under control. I just have a hard time. Um, I mean, un until there's evidence. Letting anybody hear slack. You know what I mean? You know, don't blame Kevin Feige, but like he's a dude in charge. Like he's not. He's not. If Bob Chappick, who was at the time running the ship at Disney, says now we need a Marvel show every three to four months and we need a movie in between. We need three movies a year. What can you say? It's well, so wild what happened. How, I was gonna say it's wild how inept Chapek was during the worst time ever. It was like the worst CEO you could have for a company during the pandemic. And like Iger is still trying to clean up his message across divisions, you know, specifically this division that we're talking about. 
because it was so corporate focused. You know, it was like, all right, well, we need to sell Disney Plus. How do we sell it? People like Marvel. Uh, let's let's do Marvel stuff. And it's obvious. It's obvious as a viewer, and that's the problem. We can feel it. There's no magic to that. When you're going to those, to see those early MCU movies, I'm talking about <laughs> Iron Man 1 through Endgame. Not all of them are hits, but I felt the, the magic of just creativity and excitement on their end to tell big stories. Yeah. You could feel it. I didn't feel it when I watched Secret Invasion. It feels empty. There's nothing it, to it. Secret Invasion felt like uh, Nick Fury had, or Sam Jackson had a line in his contract that they needed to fulfill. <laughs> I liked it. It just doesn't, it feels empty. It doesn't feel like it needs to exist. And that's how a lot of these projects feel. And, and three didn't feel like it needed to exist. And it was integral to the, the, this phase's story. Ant-Man three is emblematic of a lot of things I feel, because it also does not feel like an Ant-Man movie. Like it feels so, uh, again, corporate influenced. It's like, all right, how do we – let's throw everything at the wall. Everyone likes these movies. Let's keep the same plot structure for all of our movies. You know, There's a lack of risk involved with a lot of these things creatively as well. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no pushing of boundaries or of uh, crossing – attempting to cross some sort of line for creative sake. It's, uh, it's all necessity. We need to introduce Kang in this way. We need to uh, build the stakes in this way. We need to – it's like, well, okay, but then leave room for some of the artistry. Uh, yeah, you get your super ants, but like, cool. It's a checklist. Like, Ant-Man 1 does not happen in 2023 Marvel Studios. I'd agree. I, I think agree. it does. What? That's smaller. They're putting out anything. They're putting out literally anything right now. Well, I mean, creatively in terms of like how the story is. Like, that was Shang Chi's almost... a small movie. I don't think it's, I don't think so. It, it set up other things as well. What? Ant Man set up other every every Marvel movie sets up other things. That's just the Marvel way. Well, Sean, that. that's not fair. Ant Man is a small movie. That's not. There candy. we go. There we go. <laughs> Beat me to it. I also just to tack, tack on your point about the loss of the magic. I also think Marvel's blank check approach to these films is not doing any favors. Um, the well, so the. In the article, it says um, that the a single episode of She-Hulk cost $25 million. Um, and the uh, I think it was the budget for the Marvels is something like $250 million, right? Yes, yes. Um, the budget for the first Iron Man movie in 2008 was $140 million. Like, I'm not saying that's nothing. But, you know, and we had the same discussion around Indiana Jones. Like, stop making these budgets insane. You don't need a billion dollars to make a Blade movie. You need a guy with a sword and a cool coat. Like, I just that, watched Blade the other Thrift day. The coat. Where, where are those movies, you know? Like, where's our, like, I guess Sony's doing them with Morbius, but, um, but like, where are those, like, mid-range dumb movies? But like, yeah, it's a wonder these aren't successful is because anybody gets absolutely anything they want because, you know, the sky's the limit. There's no there's no magic happening. So this is a great point. 
as we move on because we're going to talk about Blade and, and money and Blade. There's there's definitely a conversation to be had there. I am not happy with the amount of likes we have right now. We need to bump that number up. Let's get those likes up. We've got a fun draft for you today. There's a very unique draft that we're going to be doing. Uh, we're stretching the idea of what the draft can be. So I have no yeah. idea how we're going to pull this off. Yeah, I, don't I do, and it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Let's collect so those smash, likes, guys. Let's collect those sm- likes. Smash those likes, smash. that like button. I see the channel members in the chat. Those of you with green names, thank you so much for being a channel member. Hit the join button if you want to become a VI pal. There are two tiers, so make sure you hit that second tier if you want to be a VI pal and watch our exclusive videos that we got up there. I want to see those emojis in the chat. Those of you who have access, throw those Comics Pals emojis out there. Let's get it going. We're having a great time this morning. I need to see our faces. Yes. I almost said give me heads, but I didn't. <laughs> well, you did now. I did. Let's talk, let's talk Blade. So Mahershala Ali is the star of Blade as it is currently. And this movie has been in development hell. As we joked at the top of the show, it was supposed to be out literally yesterday november 3rd that's when it was supposed to have officially released now it has a release date of february 14th 2025 oof so that is before secret wars yeah this also feels like a movie that should be cheap to make (laughs) you know we made three of them already mahershala ali wanted to leave the movie because of script issues this movie has been through very very many versions of the script according to variety one of the versions of the script saw blade as a fourth main character in a movie led by women and quote filled with life lessons this is the kind of bullshit right if that's true because a a, a screenwriter refuted that um uh someone who worked on blade um michael starbury says that that's not true um but that wasn't my draft no way but there but the 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 speculation is that the movie focused on brielle brooks who is the daughter of blade so that comic that took forever to come out (laughs) right and that was supposed to all line up if you remember and that explains why that comic exists right 100 percent and Brian Edward Hill, it's funny, he said he didn't even want to touch that right away, that that daughter. He didn't want to deal with that. But <laughs> but this is the shit I'm talking about. Why would you – I don't care who, who had the idea. It doesn't matter who it was. Why would you look at Blade, a cool-ass black dude who wears shades, nice jackets, has a sword, and is a vampire, right? Why would you look at that and say, yeah, we need to make this movie about life lessons – and have all the stars be women and let Blade run around in the back. I want unlife lessons about this movie, you know? I get it. Like, thanks, Kyle. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It shouldn't happen. That's dumb. The blueprint's That's there. Bad. It's so, it, I could make this movie if I wanted to. You know what I mean? Oh, like, another, t- t- Tyler, don't tell us what you can do. No, anyone, I'm saying like anyone can make this. It is, <laughs> it is such a straightforward premise. It is. Yeah. There's, don't break the mold. Exactly. I don't, want, yeah. I don't want the mold broken. Go ahead, Kale. Maybe we should make Blade. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say, I mean, Sean, you might have to be Blade in the situation. I don't I don't think Kale oh, what? or Marco are. Were you planning on being Blade, Kale? I mean, look. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be Blade. Dude, I don't know how to use a sword. I'll have to look. <laughs> uh, we I'll can shoot some teeth. 
Yes. See, while you while you were while you were leading uh, leading raids, I was studying the blade. So. Uh yeah, the the blade situation makes no sense. It's hard to understand why you can't figure out how to just make blade, but because of Mahershala Ali's frustration, apparently uh, Marvel went out and hired Michael Green, who was a very talented writer, the writer of Logan. Um, and Michael Green is now making a pass of the script with a tighter budget of less than a hundred million dollars. That seems right for Blade. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, get the get get his trench coat at the Goodwill. You're good. Listen, knock it down a couple mil. <laughs> That'll be a great movie. I guarantee it. But Kale, if I don't have all the budget, how am I going to make a good movie? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Blade is the easiest movie that they have to make. It's just just a cool ass vampire. And there's big three big. of them already that are like, you know, mostly like a, well, a solid one, meh. You know, the first one's awesome. Sure. What's like? How is this hard? <laughs> it's insane. It. Sean's cosplay for next New York Comic Con is Blade. Hell, fucking no. <laughs> Sean now you, want to cosplay, especially the heat that, gonna, that con gets. I was gonna say you gotta put Sean in a giant trench coat in that heat. No way, no way. Can I can I do a little conspiracy theory for a bit? Please. Does so two things about this. First thing, since when does stuff leak at Marvel? What do you mean? Lately, is it leaking or is it being purposely leaked? Hell no. Why would they want this kind of press? Scapegoating. Secondly, does this seem a lot like a lot of the the blame and the reasonings that are given are women-based? Like the whole Nita Costa thing, not out of the realm of possibility, but it seems like a negative that they're portraying. Um, blaming Blade's, you know... Uh, negativity on oh women leads oh let's talk about the She-Hulk movie oh the Marvels isn't going to do do well it just seems like a recurring theme in the article um in my opinion I feel like you're connecting dots that aren't necessarily sure. there because She-Hulk the, the complaint about She-Hulk has nothing to do with anything other than the visual effects sure 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 um and I think the the complaint with Blade is that it just doesn't make any sense. Like, you could have a Marvel... They're about to drop a Marvel movie with women leads, but it doesn't make sense to do that in Blade. But then they're also dropping a Marvel movie with women leads, and then a week before, this story comes out where this negative idea of this woman director, which seems normal to all of us, um, is coming out for a movie that's potentially not going to do well. Oh, it's because the director didn't care. I don't think that's it. Yeah, I think you're. I think I think there are a lot of unfortunate might, things here that are probably lining Pepe, up. Then. Pepe Sylvia in a bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is another aspect of this that a lot of people have 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 latched on to because it's it's the biggest thing here, and it's kind of buried a little bit. But apparently, Marvel has considered in all their dire situation. They have considered bringing back the original Avengers, including resurrecting Tony Stark and somehow getting Steve Rogers back to fighting 
spirit and age. Oh, Marvel zombies? Yo, all right. This is kind of cool. Hold on. No. I'd stop. I was already announced, Marco. It's an animated show. <laughs> Live action? Stop. Um, that's a bad idea. And I, I think I think if you're if you're gonna bring back old characters, it means that you don't have faith in the future uh of the line. You have to come back and rely on uh, on on the member berries of these characters. That's that to me is just a a, a bad showing. Um that th- these characters were not the or Robert Downey's Iron Man. You know, it was the entryway for people, but that isn't the reason people are gonna stick around. Yeah, they'll come back, but that's not that's a short term solve. It's a band aid to a larger issue that they don't seem to want to address, which is the quality aspect of it. Because yeah, you can bring back Robert Downey Jr., but if it's still a shit movie, it's a shit movie with Robert Downey Jr. that people are gonna go see, and then the next one is gonna be what? Just another shit movie? Without Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It seems so like I, the ultimate in case of emergency break glass thing. Right, right. And, and all, I think you, you keep that in the back pocket. I don't think it's it should also, be in any pocket. <laughs> yeah. Like, how much are they going to have to pay him? I think the article says that for Iron Man 3, his salary was $25 million. That's an episode of She-Hulk. Oh, that's right. you got to bump your costs up, too. Especially for returning... Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., and Scarlett Johansson. And I can't imagine Scarlett Johansson is going to come back for cheap. Not after she got not, burned. Yeah. Not after that Tower of Terror fiasco, too. Uh-huh. Yep. I don't Um, I don't have a problem with this. I read comics just like everybody else, and we know characters come back all the time. It's not that big of a deal. Um, I think that they shouldn't do it for this reason but i think they should do it i definitely don't i don't assume i have seen tony stark or captain america for the last time in marvel and i have never assumed that i assume they'll be in secret wars so this isn't a big deal to me i think it's a big deal because of what marco said i think it's saying hey all this investment for all these new characters this new diverse line of characters and uh storylines uh, we don't care about that. Um, it's not working. Let's go back to what worked. Um, and then how do they build in the future? It's such a short-sighted goal or, or a short, short-sighted uh, uh, way of doing things. Then then like once, once they don't want to do Captain America and Iron Man again, they want to build up another line of characters like Night Thrasher and Rage. Um, I'm not going to care about that because I know Marvel won't. Did people get resurrected in the Ultimate Universe? Typically, no. Peter Parker did, though. Typically. Um, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask there are a lot of characters. I'm sorry, sorry. Go, Sean. Character-wise, right. I agree with you, Sean. But for me, it's it's the actors. Like, these people are getting old. You know? Yeah. Um. I think... I don't I I don't personally see a scenario where they release a movie that is the Avengers and it is only the OG Avengers. Yeah. Um I don't think that that will happen. And to get to the point where they could even do that, they're still many 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 years away, right? Like there's just you to explain it 
unless it's a movie where it's like this takes place in the margins of Avengers one and two during the times when they were probably out doing stuff. We didn't see that. Sure. What does a, a MCU editor's note look like? <laughs> um, outside of that, there's not even time for this to happen. So Marvel will have to resolve the problems yeah. that they have before they get to do this cool shit. And likely, if we were to see these characters again, it wouldn't be until a Secret Wars type of scenario or something like that. So to me, there's no, there's nothing to this. And I think that that reminds me of a good point too, is that the the lack of an Avengers vehicle in this post-Endgame thing is a detriment because we have all these characters that are great. Like Florence Pugh as Yelena is fantastic. And I want to see her interact with other characters like Shang-Chi and, you know, White Widow or whatever she calls herself would be cool. The fact that they don't get their own team up movie in any way until maybe Kang Dynasty is insane because that's how we learn to like the Avengers, you know, in those movies starting. Um, yeah, I, I also agree with that. I've been saying that the lack of an Avengers movie is insane. Again, though, we were supposed to have an Avengers movie coming out, what, next year? Yeah. So we got, we passed the time anyway. It's just, it's just that now the Avengers movie we thought we'd be getting next year is still three years away. That's deadly for Marvel. It's deadly. And there's no way out of that. It takes the fun out. You know, like all we can do is sit here and twiddle our thumbs and speculate on how good or bad Marvel's doing, and they don't have anything to show for it. Yeah. And then simultaneously, DC might be making something to replace the itch that Marvel is not scratching right now. Possibly. It's a big if. But there seems to be traction and passion involved there. Um, That's we'll also still time, though. Sure. Yeah. And frankly, what are we what are we looking forward to right now from DC off the heels of the Flash and, you know, the the criminal Ezra Miller? Broken oh. Aquaman. Yeah, we've got Aquaman. Oh boy. Kind of excited for that. No it's gonna be flop. Not a great movie, but I'm excited for it. Bloody cop movie Aquaman. No thanks. Keep things simple, standalone new Avengers movie. Why create baggage leading into it? Because that's the fun. Uh for everybody that says that, you know, they don't want an interconnected universe, that's really what got Marvel over. Um, and we just talked about how weird it is that we haven't had an Avengers movie. That stuff's fun. And it's the reward that we get as an audience for paying attention and keeping up with the story. Um, I don't know how you make a new Avengers movie without, you know, working towards it. In fact, like the comics, I don't think it's as interesting when you just jump into an event. Avengers movies are the events of the MCU. And without something getting to that, I don't think it's that compelling. And there's no incentive for that, for the um, for having that interconnectedness at the moment. Like it, all the movies have felt separate and disparate, and they connect each other to each other potentially in plot only, but not in uh, like, or, or rather because they exist in the same universe, not because it's necessarily driven by that plot. Like yeah, the all of the individual pieces for the Marvels have led to the meeting 
but I don't know if it's warranted a a movie for the Marvels. Definitely not. Yeah, I don't think it's even connected that well either. Like like, like the end of Shang Chi. It felt like all right. I got to have to watch a friggin' Easter egg video on YouTube after this to explain what I just saw. Like the average person isn't going to see that and think, oh, those rings are communicating with possibly the Negabands or something. Like they're not even like. It's not Nick Fury saying, hey, come join the Avengers Initiative. That's straightforward. It's not cool. It's not nothing. <laughs> no, it's nothing not. feels cool. Like when Thanos came out at the end of Avengers, that shit was cool. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? That's crazy. And it's not it's not because we're jaded. It's because they're not doing cool stuff. And everyone, everyone lambasts, you know, super fans for wanting fan service and stuff like that. But you can get you can have your cake and eat it too in this world. Why not? You can have fan service and you can have a really good story. Both are possible. It's the difference of to to that point of being like, wow, that's crazy that you know Thanos is out now and we can see him and he's interacting, versus uh, that's kind of crazy that Kang got beat by ants. The, the there's a there's a difference in sentiment and excitement around those things. Listen. Uh, follow the wrestling formula. Keep the heat on Kang. Don't beat him. Make He's him got a threat. Of heat right now, actually, <laughs> beat him to the big face down the road. The big face being the Avengers. They just don't want that go away, go away heat for Jonathan Majors just yet. But they got okay. it. Boy, you got sizzled. Uh my point was that the original Avengers movie was standalone and required no previous movie. Ooh, not true. I don't agree with that. Yeah, you gotta. I was required to that point. To that point, what um, I was thinking about this with Age of Ultron. What led up to Age of Ultron? Uh, so Age of Ultron is pretty watchable if you only saw Avengers. Yeah, the intervening movies are not terribly important, but Iron Man two. Oh, no, Iron Man 2 was pre-Avengers. Yeah, there's nothing that's, like, that important that you have to see. For Age of Ultron? Yeah. But, I mean, half the cast of Avengers is really only established in that movie. Like, Black Widow, Hawkeye, and that iteration of the Hulk, it's in that movie. Sure, you get, you know, Iron Man and Cap and Black, Thor. Black Widow's not, her origin wasn't in that movie. Her origin was in Iron Man 2. No, but I'm saying her actual character work is... In Avengers, she's just a, a hot assassin in Iron Man too. There's nothing to her. It's it's oh, like, she, ooh, look at that! Look who I put in that movie. She's explored in that movie. Yeah, she's actually she actually has character in you know Avengers. Although I'd argue Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye does not have any character until Hawkeye, but I can see Avengers being considered standalone. You have no idea who Loki is. You don't know. Who thought you don't know why Thor is after him? You don't know why he's arrested. You don't. There's so many things you don't know. I'm not saying that a person can't go see that movie and not get it, but it was made with the idea that you probably have some familiarity with what came before, and it directly deals with what came before, without caring all that much if you know it or not. Like if you've consumed that stuff, if you uh, if you don't know it, they're not beating you over the head with stuff. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm looking at it and, and, and not to harp on this, but like, I think you could watch that and understand everything 
I don't think you could watch Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and totally understand everything now because they're directly referencing things. Well, that's yeah. a different yeah. – go ahead, Kale. No, you're – I mean, you're right. It is – and like Sean, Sean is also right. Those are two different conversations. Multiverse of Madness is made for you to have watched those things. Avengers, you can watch by itself, but it wasn't made that way. And there's less that's being referenced. Doctor Strange 2 is built on years and years and years of shit. And it also came out during the era in which we are complaining about the over glute of, of, of stuff. Um, yeah. Marvel has a problem. Is Marvel in trouble? Trouble that they can't get themselves out of. That's the question that I want to end on. Do you think that now is the time to worry? We've had doomsayers about Marvel movies forever. They've always been wrong. Are they right now? Yes, Marvel is in trouble. Yes, they can get out of it. They're not far gone enough, I would say. That's how I feel too. Yeah. Uh, and and actually, I would say that they're hmm, trouble. Yeah, I, think I don't it's, think you I can... think it's it's rich kid trouble, right? It's yeah. like, well, I'm gonna steal this car, but you're not gonna. Uh, <laughs> nothing's gonna happen to me because of it. And like the, the the other elephant in the room is like they have X Men. That's coming. I like. I say you can't screw well, that up, but I, yeah, I must say, yeah. Like Deadpool it, 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 3 is coming out, and you know there does seem to be some excitement around that. I think they'll be okay, but I think it's going to be a bumpy road getting there. Yeah, I think they need help. Trouble, uh, they, they need help to get out of the the hole that they've dug themselves into, but I think that the they're, they're going to be able to get out. or they There is a possibility to get out of that, but they need a lot of groundwork. Yeah, com- I yeah, sorry. Uh, Comic Boom says it. Sean said it before. Marvel's one great movie away from writing their mistakes. One hundred percent. I I'm not even worried because this is all stuff. Every single thing in this article is stuff that you know we're already aware of. At least you know here on this podcast, and those of you who, who follow us and listen to us, this is stuff I've talked about for months, and. I believe personally that all of this is explained by things that have happened that have not been in Marvel's control. And I think that as things get a little bit more in control, because now Bob Iger has put his foot down um, and he's no hero. He's doing it to sort of save his bat, his behind. But now that he's put, you know, uh, 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 tighten the straps around the, the, the wallet, right. And it looks like they're going to pull back on shows and things like that. And they got rid of the the crappy writers on Blade and they hired someone with real talent. Um, and they got rid of the Rick and Morty writers and hopefully are hiring people who don't just tell jokes. I think that there is plans and strategy already in place to solve the problems that we've been seeing. But the way that movies and television work, it's a very long iteration process. It's a long time. It's a long pipeline. So it's going to take time for us yeah. to see things get better. And we got to remember, there's still an actor strike going on, too. Like, they can't even do anything still, really. Right. Well, yeah, when it comes to hiring actors and things like that, yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. They can't put a movie in production. Yep. Can't even promote. 
Like right. Marvels yep. can't be promoted right now because of the strike. Only DaCosta is going to be doing the promotion in London. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan in the chat put Disney seems to be learning the right lessons right now. Um, for this phase, I think they've implemented the the wrong lessons coming out of Endgame, where they're trying to quickly lead to the big bad. They're trying to inundate us with a whole bunch of content. Um, my hope is that post this phase, going into um, and going into phase six, that they'll have learned the lessons of this wave of films and TV shows is um, I don't think they're, they're applying the things that they have learned yet, but I think that uh, being hopeful um, they're at least getting some good data points and getting knocked over the head a few times with it. Sometimes it takes, you know, some repetition to really get an idea across. Um, maybe the, the poor reactions are, are finally going to stick and they're going to say, maybe we shouldn't do these things. But at the end of the day, it's all going to be driven by corporate stockholder uh, greed. So, like, good. I know we're, we're being optimistic. But then I saw what Iger was saying during the writer strike, and I'm like, "Fuck that, dude!" So, so obviously, we talk about the MCU enough around here. There's a lot to say, um, but I think you know, let's watch. Let's watch and see. Let's watch and see. Forget the Marvels. That movie's a sacrifice. Um, we've really just we we have to wait until production begins on movies that are still not even have gotten started. We'll see how the scripts change. We'll see how things change, and we'll take it from there. But I don't think we have anything to worry about. Um, we talked a lot about that. That was a long. That was a long. You guys enjoyed it. Hopefully, you got something out of it. We'd love to hear your thoughts about the MCU. Uh, if there are any good comments, you guys can grab them while I talk to you about patreon.com slash the comics pals. That is the, the place where you can support us if you enjoy what we do and you get some bang for your buck. We're always putting stuff up there. We've got a lot of what I think is really good material, um, stuff that we pride ourselves on. We put out a newsletter every single week. Um, one from one of us every week. This week was my week. Talk about Batman. Uh, we do a, an exclusive show over there called Palling Around. So if you are into what we do here, um, that's a show you've never heard. And it gives you a better idea of who we are, what we're about. We talk about stuff that we really can't get to on the show, stuff that doesn't have anything to do with comics for the most part. Um, it's a lot of fun. So if you want to you know, get with us over there, you certainly can. One of the biggest perks you get, of course, is a nickname and a shout out on this very show. So I want to give a special shout out to the very best pals in the universe, Thunderstruck Rebecca Alejandro, the Hound of Justice Atomic Hound, and Starcross Catherine Stars. And I want to thank the Night Stalker Harris Dajinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Kefis the Incorruptible, Momentum Mike Elliott, Dan the Truth Trudeau, Joel Justice, Jalen the Sanguine Sorcerer, Marvelous Micah McKenzie, Marley Manistorm, Slow Flow Dameron, and joining... The Palsverse, we have a new challenger. Oh, challenger. Game Interesting. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Don't Welcoming oh. Amin Almighty Perez. Okay, okay. A cult leader. Yes. 
who leads a group of people who feel disenfranchised by the fact that people with powers are popping all up all over the place and want to do something about it. Little do they know that the man who leads them has the power to inspire devotion, Hell their yeah. devotion, and the power of suggestion. That's that good. Is, that is top laid to a T. <laughs> Wasn't he like pro like blue blue sky or blue earth in Superman? (laughs) Amen adds members to his flock constantly, amassing numbers and power rapidly for reasons that only he knows. Oh, so he's aware. Oh, okay. However, however, there is someone who has started to suspect that something is wrong. And they're thinking about using their powers to uncover this mystery themselves. Someone for whom the truth is paramount. Whoa. So maybe a little conflict there. Welcome to the Palsverse. I'm in almighty. A little little Maxwell Lord, a little purple man. Definitely not a creepy power at all. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. You guys can get your own your own nickname and a shout out here, your own superhero or supervillain origin story. In Emmons' case, he asked to be a villain. So uh welcome yeah, to the uh nice. welcome to the squad. Oh no, Hound's in the cult of Amon. <laughs> oh no. This, this stuff travels digitally? That's not good. <laughs> it's in the five G. Uh, you can also join our channel membership over on youtube.com slash the comics pals. We are we have a cult of our own, the cult of the pals. Um, and we welcome you guys. Uh, we welcome everybody that chooses to join us. We've got timed exclusive videos over there um, that you can check out. We just put out one this week. Um, I think it was this week about comics being magical and if the magic is still in comics. And we think it is. Uh, so there's lots of fun stuff. You get emojis as well in the chat and things to come. Lots of things to come. It's going to be fun. So, um, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. I mean, uh, really appreciate you joining. And you're a double dipper. We've got double dippers cool. in the chat. People that are channel members and patron supporters. You guys are the real MVPs. The MVP In pals. this economy, y'all right? crazy. So Amin, who has a Superboy Prime uh, uh, icon, uh, is what it seems, wanted to be a villain. <laughs> Big surprise. Huh? checks out <laughs> makes a lot of sense uh join our discord server it's a lot of fun except when it's mcu bash hour um uh, uh, listen that's my favorite hour <laughs> <laughs> and vote in the listener poll for pals polls which you can watch live every single thursday at 6 p.m on youtube.com slash comics pals you can vote in the community tab and you can watch this show live every saturday at 10 15 a.m eastern we have a listener comment from another double dipper uh, who I might have just referenced earlier, Dan the Truth Trudeau, who wanted to talk about something regarding uh, our last main topic, which was fixing the Avengers and Justice League. Tyler, take it away. All right. Now, I didn't do my uh, uh, vocal warm ups, but okay. Uh, I can't stand the idea that a Justice League or Avengers villain has to be some sort of cataclysmic threat. It's not backed up by history. For example, Grant Morrison had the JLA going against Armageddon machines and rogue angels, but they also had storylines with antagonists like the Key and fifth-dimensional imps. Superman is vulnerable to psychics, magic, emotional manipulation, etc. He could theoretically be killed by one vampire. It doesn't have to be someone who could break the world in half. I believe you guys mentioned Action Comics where PKJ had not had not just Superman, 
but his family, with their Kryptonian levels of power, struggled to defeat Metallo. Not the Injustice League, not Darkseid and his minions, Metallo. And it was 100% convincing. With that in mind, you guys referenced Bendis' New Avengers multiple times, but what are the Justice League stories you feel exemplify the team at its best? What are the gold standards other creators should take as inspiration going forward? Oh, that's a great question. The, the league is the league is such a weird example because I personally don't feel like they've had like a groundbreaking run the way Avengers did with Bendis. Like the Bendis Avengers stuff exploded and then it kept going with Civil War and secret invasion um and it you know it exploded and then it just took off i don't feel like the justice league has had that i feel like they sort of get kneecapped every time they try something yeah i i think the closest honestly is what you mentioned was morrison's jla run i think that's an emblematic justice league run. i think jli is also another one even though it's not mm. you know standard justice league and I honestly think if we're talking more recently, I think World's Finest is a great Justice League book. Because a lot of the time it has multiple Justice Leaguers in it doing just fighting Toy Man, you know, fighting Amazo. Um, and that's kind of the stuff I'd want. Sean, you're muted. Oh, thank you. My answer to this question was Jeff John's and Jim Lee and other artists run on Justice League during the New 52. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that this is a run that not everybody likes, but I loved it, and I didn't care about the League before this um, because it had the ingredients of a story that I want. Big characters, big villains, uh, tight storytelling that makes sense, mysteries abound. Uh, ideas that lead into events and bigger things like that. Um, A clear cut story that he was telling that they were telling from start to finish. So to me, um, that's what the Avengers and the league need. And it's not terribly dissimilar from what Bendis did. Although I guess people like Bendis's run more than Jeff Johns run. Um, I don't think that it's that complicated. Honestly, I don't think you always have to have a big villain, but I think a lot of the time you do. Uh, because to me, the Avengers and the Justice League should feel like events in the sense that this is what you have to read. You've got you've to see this. This is the biggest stuff in comics. It doesn't always have to be Thanos, right? In Bendis' run, it was Magneto early on. They fought Electro. They went to the Savage Land, right? So it wasn't the biggest things they could have possibly been doing out the gate, but there was great storytelling and Problems that felt worthy of the characters that were involved in trying to solve them. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think to the worthiness aspect, um, the the New Fifty Two example is a is apt because in that one, you I think one of the first arcs is like uh, the Atlantis piece where um, Orm starts to you know take over an attack, and that's not it's it is world threatening but he's not typically that villain and so uh it's nice to also accompany aquaman alongside as the team to be like okay we're all in this together to beat and save the world it didn't hurt that even rice was on art too that stuff looked good <laughs> yeah absolutely 
Um, yeah, thank you though, Dan, for the uh, for the question and comment. Really appreciate it. Uh, let's move forward, and we just finished talking about Marvel Studios. Let's talk about Marvel Studios one more time because they dropped the Echo trailer this week. Surprise, surprise! This is an MA show. MA. Yeah, they show yeah. a guy getting headshot in the trailer. <laughs> MMA. Yeah, MMA. Okay. A lot of fighting in this. Yeah, a lot of fighting. Got it. Yeah. Curious clutches. Yeah. I thought this looked awesome. Awesome. I really, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. After yeah. all the discussion we just had, Sean. <laughs> of course, yeah. I love. That's the. I love the MCU. Yeah. He does love the MCU. Yeah, I'm he not loves the MCU. Yeah. I, I thought it looked real good. I, I appreciate uh that Kingpin Kingpin is back. That's really cool. King is Looking back. proper, not wearing Hawaiian shirts, that dumbass shit they did with him in Hawkeye. Um and he's serious and sinister. In the trailer, you know, we see him beat the ever living shit out of a hot dog stand guy because he wouldn't give Maya Lopez, aka Echo, a hot dog. And she um she can't speak so she's trying to convey that she needs this food and the dude mocks her sign language and tells her i don't care i'm not gonna give you anything and then kingpin hops out of his car and beats this dude probably to death and we can see how the echo of that moment moves through her life and it impacts and changes who maya lopez would have been and it's examining the ways in which she reflects who the kingpin is and what she has witnessed him do. And I think that's incredibly interesting. That, that took me out of it. Uh, Cause I'm like, what kind of hot dog stand guy would do that? Like, bro, same one, a New York hot dog same. guy. Are you bro, kidding me? They don't give a you, shit. No, they're going to sell you yeah, no matter but, what. Yeah. Yeah, she, exactly. She, 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 what, what, did she have money in her hand? I missed that part. I don't know. I, but I, you, I, 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 I got that. He was just mocking her and like, that was enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. thought that she I was trying see. to get food for free. And he was like, I, I'm, and, and even if he was mocking her, what are we going to act like people don't mock people with disabilities in this world? Well, they do, but not, not a, not a salesman. My guys what? would be like, <laughs> are you kidding me, Marco? I, there are, there are places where they won't sell you a cake because you're gay. You but, think salespeople won't mock people with disabilities? But Marco can't get cake. Hot, <laughs> a New York City hot dog dude? No way, man. You, you were living in a different world, bro. <laughs> Those dirty water dogs? A different world. Do you know how many black people can't get cabs still? <laughs> well, that's I, not I, a question, I, Sean. Can they get a hot dog? <laughs> this is strictly hot dog discussion right now. You're extrapolating, Sean. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead. Bro, uh, I've been watching. I've watched Men in Black, the first one at least three times in the past two months. Vincent D'Onofrio is one of the best actors on the planet. He's so good. I Every time I watch him, I am blown away. And, like, I don't give a shit about this. Daredevil, I'm even iffy on. But, man, Vincent D'Onofrio is incredible. Having the trailer be completely narrated by D'Onofrio. Yeah. And honestly, half of the footage is Kingpin. Um but he it, takes up half the camera. That's true. Big dude. Um it was uh it was 
it kind of sold me. And then like the actual peaks of like Echo and like going toward her indigenous roots that like, I don't really know the character that well, even in the comics. Like she hasn't been around that long. Um, She's been around for like 15 years. <laughs> she doesn't do anything. I mean, she's a phoenix. Right, Sean? So, yeah. that's what I said. She doesn't do anything. Ooh, ooh. Uh, and then there's that. There's a one. There's one frame or like two frames in this trailer that shows the red suit Daredevil again. And I was like, ah, good, good to be back. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they also announced tied to this that this is the first Marvel Spotlight show. And so that's an announcement that went under the radar for a lot of people. But what it is is it's not a joke. It is a a. a a Delian nation that indicates that this is something that is not as connected to the MCU uh, in general. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Honestly, just make a Marvel Knights brand that okay. you just do street level Marvel stuff with. Um, I uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I guess I don't issue care that that it's just, that it's not connected. Yeah, what does it matter? Well, but then if if you're giving me all these shows and you know and and the the cell of the Marvel of the MCU is, it's all connected. It's all going to be relevant. I mean, and, Daredevil's going to be there. What do you want? But it's but connected to Kingpin's life. It's connected to Daredevil's life. What but do you it's want? Not gonna, it's not going to service the the larger narrative. Well, neither does the hot dog I ate for breakfast today. Weren't, weren't we just complaining about the fact that everything needs to serve this larger narrative and it's 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 negative to the product? Who's we? That's I, a great point. <laughs> I, I agree with you, Marco, um, in the sense that I think it's weird right now to make that kind of delineation because of the place that they're in. I almost think it'd be better to do that retroactively once they have their house in order. Okay, all the shit that you that you didn't care about, like Moon Knight, uh, Echo, uh, mm. Werewolf by Night, which was good but has nothing to do with anything, all that stuff, Marvel Spotlight. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Forget it. And then whenever they want to do the next Werewolf by Night type of thing, label so, it like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's it's just another way. It's like the it's like DC's black label. It's a way to put something somewhere where you can do whatever you want. But that means and who cares? That means you could have put something that should have belonged into the MCU there. Now place. you're getting it. Now you're. Doesn't getting this it. mean that Daredevil then is going to be a Marvel spotlight? Damn, we don't know. Um. But like oh, no. then, then it, it, see this is where the anything, confusing part comes in. It's like, well, does that become Marvel Spotlight? Is, is Hawkeye Marvel Spotlight because that's Echo's origin? Anything they don't like could be. I guess so. Marvel Spotlight, <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. Blade Marvel Spotlight. Yeah. Yikes. CW Gordon says feels like it's setting the series up for failure, advertising it as disconnected and unimportant. Right. Absolutely. Uh, to be fair, I hadn't heard about this, so like. Uh, before, like, I wouldn't have known otherwise. It's not even on the poster either, which I think it was on the... Was it... No, Werewolf by Night was marketed as Marvel Studios Presents, right? Not Spotlight. The Spotlight thing no, is new. Sp- Spotlight is brand new, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, if if they if they didn't announce it like you know up front and center, then they're trying to not make that something you consider for watching the show. They, I, it, that feels to me that there's an expectation that less people will be interested because it does not connect to something. Yeah, and I, I just think they're trying to slide uh, under the radar this yeah. new, you know, imprint, if you will, of the Marvel Studios where they can do this. And sure, whatever, go ahead. I just think labeling a show that's coming out imminently with that is a bad idea. The other thing that they're doing, though, is they're dropping the whole thing right away. Oh, really? Yeah. Man, they have no faith in the show. <laughs> I, I kind of like that, actually. I, it lets me do it at my pace. I, I don't mind that. I hate the full season drop. What? I more likely will not watch the show if it's all in one season than if it is weekly. Mm, the opposite. Uh, I prefer the weekly drops, but I think that with a show like this that probably isn't going to have legs and not going to have a conversation on going about it, um, maybe just getting out of the way is best. I, I really don't know. All these different strategies and everything else, it's just like I want them to do something consistently. That's all I want. Consistency, good quality, consistent logical release schedules and things like that. Do the same thing all the time. Um, but yeah, doesn't seem like people are that excited about Echo at any rate. I'm glad that we're getting you know, uh, uh, a character that uh, native, native and uh, deaf. Interesting aspect, but I mean, otherwise, I don't know. They, they need they need to do a lot to sell me because even in the in Hawkeye, it, it felt like an ancillary character. It is an ancillary character. Uh, well, all right. I mean, yeah. It looks like um, uh, what is it? Reservoir Dogs. The new um, no. What am I thinking of? Oh, um, I, um, is it Reservation Kids or something? Reservation Dogs, I think, or something like that. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, it's a play. Um, yeah, it was a Taika Waititi produced show about Native American kids on a reservation yeah 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 it looks like that what marvelized i don't know if that's good or bad it just looks like that have you seen it i don't know no i haven't also was that warbird in the trailer or uh uh they show like a really buff native american uh man in it which is like eh, they linger on the shot a little too long or is that someone we should know about like Thunderbird, maybe it's just more mutant. I wasn't Seeding. sure. I didn't. I didn't make much of. I didn't make or, much uh, of. That. Oh, Red Wolf. That's another character that's Marvel wanted to push. The uh, kingpin in uh, Native American dress. Ooh, yikes! It's a Halloween costume. It's a Halloween costume, Daredevil. Um, I I really wanted to mention. I don't have the name of the individual in front of me, and I can't find the article where he says it. But one of the uh, one of the people involved with making Echo, um, one of the uh, maybe it was the director, or one of the writers, talked about Echo's powers, mm. um, and said that you know her powers that she has the ability to copy what she sees, copy movement 
copy, you know, fighting styles echo that's in the name, right? And this individual said that that power is lame and that was she that, will not be having that power. Was that the director, Sidney Freeland? It might have been. Um, yeah, that was in uh, the our TV thread in uh, in the Discord from, uh, again, another Variety article. Yeah, yeah, I got the quote now. Quote, we wanted something that, again, if you're coming off Hawkeye and you have to keep in mind she's a villain, she's a villain. And so totally we wanted to lean into that. I think, oh, sorry, that's the wrong quote. Uh, yeah, so her power in the comic book is that she can copy anything, any movement, any whatever. It's kind of lame. I will say that it's not her power in the show, and I'll just leave it at that. Can Marvel do me a favor real quick since I've been so nice to them? Can you hire people that fucking like comics and stop hiring people who have a disdain for them? Like, stop now. I I, I saw that uh, floating around, but then they have this shot in the trailer where she's mimicking his uh, Kingpin's fighting style. And I'm like, wait, are you just lying to us? Because they're, they're doing a replication shot for shot. Like, they'll switch between her. That felt more thematically father-daughter. Yeah. Rather than power set. And the whole theming is that she is Kingpin and she is Wilson Fisk in a way. Man, they did Taskmaster Dirty 2 and Black Widow. Like, that's such a cool power set. Hmm. I'm just done with this trend of Marvel specifically seeking people out who just don't like the material. And honestly, I had no idea that was her power. Like, (laughs) well, well, go ahead, Marco. Sorry, uh, it it didn't feel like she had a power in uh, Hawkeye. It she also, probably didn't. Saying she's a villain in Hawkeye is not true. <laughs> yeah. She's an antagonist, but she's not a villain. Uh, all right. Yeah. No, but like you didn't say that. The <laughs> person the person making no, the I show don't. said that, which I yeah. think is is a misunderstanding of the character already. Yeah, just get people that love comics, please. If you're going to say a character's power is lame, I don't care what you have to say about that character. I'm sorry. You're telling awesome. stories with this character. That's what you have to focus on. You should love everything. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's people who or, write comics that would love to write for TV. <laughs> or at least respect it, right? Like, yes. Like, even if you're not crazy about it, you have to look at it and go, okay, what is there to this? Or don't say that shit in public. I don't want to hear take, that. Don't take the job. Right. Like, fuck off. We have the money's there. Have some integrity. I forget who it was that, uh, they was it Fincher? Uh, was going to do the original Spider-Man and didn't want to use his origin because it's lame. Or not, he didn't use that. He said it sucks. Then he didn't make the movie. <laughs> yeah. Great. I know what you're talking Because was that in the early talks with like Leo as, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. as Spidey? What a, a world we could have lived in. A Fincher Spider-Man is wild sounding to me. Starring Leonardo DiCaprio. I also, I also love this quote. My costume designer, when she first came on board, she was like, okay, we're going to start making these powwow costumes. Is there a powwow store? Is there a place we need to go and get this stuff? Freeland said. Insane. Insane. And then I I didn't agree with this as being like, I thought people made too much out of this, but but to what you just said. In the same quote, um, you know, he talks about how her power is lame. And of course, you know, we use lame to mean it's uncool, but that word has another meaning, um, a much older meaning, which, of course, is a reference to a person who is disabled mm. and a very sp- specific kind of disability where you can't walk. And uh, the actress uh... that is playing Maya Lopez literally has a prosthetic leg. 
So people were making a big deal out of that. Now, I don't. But when you couple that with the crazy-ass Native American thing that, that Kale just said, it's like these people are completely just out of their minds and sensitive. Where's the PR person on this one? <laughs> you said the character's powers are lame. You use the word lame. You Someone said some crazy shit about Native American costumes and things like that. Like, this is just a fucking mess. Stick to white characters, Marvel, please. Um, <laughs> And that's and that's coming from the black man. Like. <laughs> the filmmaker is from Navajo she's a Navajo filmmaker so I guess maybe the Native American thing is I don't know alright well DC had a huge announcement this week massive announcement any other week it would have been the main topic the Echo trailer dropped I don't understand that was huge <laughs> I, I liked it um DC is trying to change the game again by being forward-thinking-ish, and they're putting out a new line, a new way to experience books, new way to read comics, I guess, maybe. Uh, they're announced DC Compact Comics. It's a new line of graphic novels. What's special about that? We got graphic novels all the time. Well, they will be reprinting some of the greatest stories in DC's history that are also reader friendly. And the catch is that they are five, five by eight, five uh, book. So they're a much smaller uh, package. Similar, if not the same as manga. It's definitely a manga inspired move. Yeah, manga books are five inches by seven and a half inches, so a little bigger, a little bigger, but half close. an inch and an inch off, yeah. Which I guess for the verticality of the pages, that makes sense. So the first wave of books that they've announced as a part of this are Watchmen, obviously, Batman the Court of Owls, All-Star Superman, Far Sector, Wonder Woman Earth One, American Vampire Book One, mm. Batman Hush, Joker, Harley Quinn and the Gotham City Sirens and Catwoman Trail of the Cat. The Far titles. Sector being on there is genius. Yeah, yeah. N.K. Jemisin is a huge writer in the in the fantasy realm, sci-fi fantasy realm. Mm. Um, so make to to market this and also like we did a book club on that. Uh, Watch that fantastic book too. So wasn't wasn't Joker uh? Was that a dark uh, black label book? It's it's in spirit. It was way before black label though. Okay, but it's a larger format though, right? Like no, inherently, no. It, no? Was oh. a, it was just released as a graphic novel. Gotcha. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, I I think this is a good idea. Yeah. Um, I I think part of the attractiveness of manga is its compactness, is its size. Do I think that this is uh, going to be you know a game changer in the in whether or not um dc sales go up no but i think this is a a clever way to test a new format in a isolated um it's it's an isolated test you can say okay we know that these books sell well how uh how much better in comparison do they sell uh percentage wise to these other formats i think yeah smart i I think i think the form factor is much more important than people realize like 
carrying around a like carrying around Chainsaw Man Volume Three or whatever is so much easier to carry around than if I was to try to read Sandman. Like imagine Sandman volumes in manga style format. I think it'd be much more readable, honestly. Collect more too. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what the paper quality is like though on this. And it, it's uh, apparently it's at a better price point, nine ninety nine. That's, that's let me his... jump in. Yeah, please. yeah. Uh, Anna DePies, who is the senior vice president and general manager at DC, said, "Quote: The DC Compact Comics price and sizing is perfect for readers of prose and manga looking to pick up a new reader friendly storyline in a self contained full color graphic novel. This five by eight five paper cut is the most widely circulated soft cover book size in the US and is popular among graphic novel aficionados in international markets. At nine ninety nine, it's a great price point for retailers to stock these classic titles. For readers, DC Compact Comics deliver a new graphic novel reading experience that fits in the palm of their hands with no loss of readability. Now nine ninety nine is cool. That's a good that's a good price point. But I was curious so I decided to look at how much Far Sector cost while it was coming out because it is the most recent, I believe, of all the books that are on this list. Mm. And Far Sector per issue was $3.99. So if you bought two Far Sectors and a half, that's the price of this whole story in this new format. And today, that same issue of Far Sector, because it was a specialty branded book, because it was Young Animal, and because it was a writer who is not a traditional comics writer, it probably would have commanded a price point more like $4.99 or $5.99. So if it was $5.99, then two of the issues would be more than the cost of this. And if that doesn't illuminate the problem of comics for you, then I don't know what else can. If this does well, I, what? I what? might say something controversial here. I wouldn't be, I would be okay with this possibly being a format going forward. Brother, this is what comics were. I know. What are you talking about? Were. You're talking about going back. I like. Like, this paper format, the paper, of course, is going to be manga-style paper that comics were already printed on. Yes, bring it back. What do you mean uh, this is it going forward? They're not going to print new stuff in this. Hmm. That's why we see the same the, the same six books reprinted every six years because they can't let Watchmen die or they'll lose a shit ton of money. You say they're never going to print new stuff in this, and I don't agree with that. I think there's a pot, there's a world where they start printing like this way. No, there's not, because they're going to lose a crap ton of money. That's why they're pushing ten dollar comics, well, I mean, floppies, ten dollar floppies. Not not paying you know uh, smaller page rates and and writing rates. I don't think they're against doing that either, but. But there's a point at which you can't hire anyone but scabs, or or I shouldn't say that in this case, uh, creators that are newer and hungrier and willing to accept lower page rates, like astronomically lower. This is not a sustainable model for 
uh, Western comic books from the big two. If it's a new release, if it's an old release like this, sure, you're you, you're doing it anyway. Why? Or you're okay. Wow, we're reprinting them in another format. But when you're talking about releasing new comics, how could you take what you're making right now, right? Or five ninety nine an issue, and then say goodbye to that, and charge just ten dollars flat for an entire graphic novel's worth of new stories, and new art. There's no way, at ten dollars. Like they might as well make it manga. And I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily mean that as a pejorative, but like, you know, fine, lose the color, lose the backgrounds. Make every issue a fight scene. Like, I still think there's a possibility if, because comic books as floppies is such a niche market. If they can tap into a manga market, the and then I think Dan's saying the same thing here. Volume goes up and new readership goes up, which can then offset what they would would, would have been making, you know, per issue in mainline comics. But how much money would they have to make to make a ten dollar? Because Think about what you're saying. Take four sectors, what, 10, 12 issues at $3.99. Let's, let's say it was the same price. Let's not even go into what modern comics cost. Forget that. It's 10 issues at $4. That's $40, right? I bought every issue, so I spent $40. How can you take the $40 that I spent, condense that into $10, and pay ev- how many comics have to sell to pay everybody involved the rate they deserve, which they're already not getting paid the rate they deserve, right? How many books have to sell to make that happen? Forty dollars versus ten. I think that I think you're misunderstanding where I'm getting at. I think that there is a that this can make a new sect a, a new far sector of books that are new printed this way. I don't think it needs to be ten issues long. It could be shorter. Uh, oh, thank you, Kingdom of Nerds, for becoming a VI pal. Cool. Oh, wow. thank you so much. That's awesome. Wow. Appreciate you, Kingdom. Um, just, you took out all the tension. Um, so uh, I th- uh, promise he didn't. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you can make you. you can make one that's like half as long in this format. That's specifically for this because oh, we saw Far Sector was selling insanely in, in this. If you're making five times the amount that Far Sector was getting at comics, was probably wasn't that much. I think there is a line somewhere here in the future where new books can be made. But that's like, that's like the pipe dream. That's the best case possible scenario where it sells five times as many copies. That's, that's what manga selling. <laughs> yeah. But that's manga, bro. Like I, I don't, I don't know why, and I'm not singling you out or even Marco. I don't know why people think that there's this waiting horde of individuals who are just obsessed with comic book characters that don't read them because of the size of comics, because of the this, that, and the third. People don't read comics because they don't want to. If you want to, you can. I have so many friends who love comic book characters that don't give a fuck at all about comic books. It's not hot. Yeah, I mean, there are comic book fans that are fans of the movies and and visual media but like uh, what marco what's the webtoon the batman webtoon uh the family family adventures? family adventures yeah like there is a market there it's it's like the best selling one on that like i think there is an untapped market here that i think this is a very good idea 
to try because this does not hurt, but it could give you data to make new things. But you're making a different point now. So my point is, this is great. I got no problem with them doing this. Like what they're actually doing, I think is phenomenal. I do think that it makes sense to try to meet people where they live. I don't think there's anything wrong with this. My uh, aversion is to this replacing anything. I still think that everything we already get should happen the way it does, and this should be a separate offering. Now, if the world blows up and five, they get five times the amount of people buying Far Sector that were buying it before, if that happens, great. Now you have managed to tap into this untapped audience that everybody always talks about. But I, even in that scenario, I still don't think they should get rid of everything that they've been doing. Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying replacing. I'm just saying this could there could be new comics this way. Like if Far Sector in this format does much better than it did in traditional comics format, there could be a Far Sector book that's coming out as Hal Jordan's Green Lantern is coming out as comics. You know, I think it is it has potential to tap into a market they've been trying to get into. I think uh, outside of the the market piece, right? Let, let let's say we're we're dealing with the same volume of people that we have, regardless. We have the same number of comics fans coming in. To your point, Sean, you paid forty dollars for this book. Would you not have bought a if they had a ten dollar offering of the same content? Is that not a better deal for you? But that's that's a trick question. But go ahead, Kale. Let me tell you why, because. This paper quality probably going to be garbage, and they're going to shrink down the art. Well, so okay. one, you're not going to be able to read it, and two, the art's going to look, you know, shrunken and bad. You got to put on your glasses, Kale. And also, Marco, of course, it's a better value for me, but I bought it at forty. I'm not the question. I'm already going to buy whatever they put out. It doesn't matter what I would do. We're talking about people do not buy comics and how to get them to buy them and also how this idea that you could put out new comics this way how that would impact sales of comics and um uh, uh revenue i don't believe that there is a reasonable scenario in which this works to the degree that it would be an acceptable replacement for the way that we currently get comics, that you could tell new comic book stories this way and pay the creators who worked on these books to do anything in this format. I, I'm, I'm viewing this as additive. I'm thinking you have your floppy, you have your That's $10 comic, and then you still have your $20, $25 collected trade. Like, that, that just means more offering. That but that's not that... what I'm responding to, brother. No, no, I'm but, responding but... to what Tyler's saying. No, that's, Marco's saying what I'm saying. Right. That's what I'm yeah. that's what I'm reading from Tyler's thing is like and, and I'm not saying that the ten dollar book will in, in, in this in my scenario, I'm not even saying that the ten dollar book will lead to a new market. I'm saying it'll shift the way that people spend their money instead of spend, spending twenty five dollars on a trade uh, that and granted will have better quality art, better page, uh, better page quality. Uh, if they're willing to if they're price sensitive, they're willing to make the shift to something that is of lower quality, I think that you'll find more people buying that book in comparison to the the trade to offset the difference. I think people have enough disposable income to spend ten dollars than they do to spend twenty five dollars. Brother, agreed. Today I got a I got a McDonald's for the first time in months. What you get? What you get? I want to know. Paint the picture. The the Philly stack cheeseburger. 
Okay, that's some, phenomenal. That's some Thank UK you, shit. I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> um, the point is, disposable income for a ten dollar comic book. Yeah, you're overestimating. I got people but, in the Midwest, like. But, but comics are already expendable. Ink. It's an already a medium for us. Income. Yes, for us. Right. I mean, you know, I'm thinking. You know, think of my sister who lives in Texas, nowhere near a comic book shop. Internet's not good. Uh, internet's not good enough, you know, for uh, comicsology, whatever. You know, going to Walmart to get a manga-sized comic book isn't gonna entice her uh, because it's it, one, it looks bad. But again, I'm not saying that. I, I I'm I'm separating the new uh, the new audience piece. I'm saying it is reshuffling the way that current readers will prioritize buying books based off price. Yeah, and I think somebody is more likely to spend $10 twice than $20. So, Amin Perez says, Sean, I disagree. I think there's a significant number of readers who enjoy comics so much that they unfortunately read them for free. Maybe they won't spend $40, but $10 is a different story. I'm glad you said that. So, that is in reference to the idea that comics have priced people out and that people are reading comics for free, which is a huge problem. Absolutely grant you that. Here is my counter to that. There is no way to know that the people that are uh, doing that, the people that are stealing comics in that way uh, by reading them digitally, are waiting to pay. There's no evidence of that. Like, in real life... We had to get Spotify and we had to get Apple Music and we had to get all that because people just decided they were not paying for music anymore. It's just not a thing. It needed to be easier than piracy. It needed to, it needed to be easier than piracy and it needed to be free. Because Spotify, when it launched, was I used it all the time. Totally free. Never paid a dime. Yep. Right? So those people who don't buy music they didn't just start buying music because there was a cheaper alternative. They just didn't buy it. And now you maybe you'll get a Spotify subscription uh, and it's low price, but people complain about that. Look at what's going on with YouTube right now. You know, um, I don't know that 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 audience exists. And on top of that, I would probably argue that a lot of comic book theft theft, excuse me, happens on weekly books. Yeah. So that has nothing to do with this because far sector is not a weekly book. And whenever, like, look at how long it's been since far sector came out with this, right? Are they going to do a version of this for, uh, I don't know. Um, what's a, what's a recent Supergirl woman of tomorrow, whatever. Amazing Are they gonna... Well, I don't know if a Supergirl woman of tomorrow would work in the small format with all the words that Tom King put in that book, but well, but again, you prove my point. I, I I guess that's a long way of me saying that I don't think that the piracy part of this is as relevant because I don't think that the people that are pirating are exactly one-to-one. -one. I think people that want to read Far Sector really badly are getting it. And it's done well, so we know that. People that want to read Watchmen are getting it. They didn't pick anything that's not successful. Yeah. 
What's yeah. the, what are we trying? What's we're not trying successful? anything. It's Wonder Woman no, it, that it, was successful. It's a it's a good yeah. baseline. It's a good comparison test. You, you you know that Watchmen is successful, right? But now you're now you're taking a look at what is the difference. What what is that delta between the people who buy the larger format and the smaller format, and at the and at a different rate? So you can see uh, the efficiency and efficacy of it. And I think Far Sector is also a good uh, uh, litmus test for this as well, because then you can throw a big one at the on the spine of this volume and continue it further. You can't really do that with Batman or Superman. I, 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 I just I would be shell shocked if they got N.K. Jemison back to do this, to do another volume in this format. I'd be I'd be shell shocked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm arguing they don't even need to get MK Jemison for it. I think that could it could be a model of continuing an ongoing story in comics going forward. But with, with but with who though? Like with what creator who is going to accept the kind of pay rate that would come with this? Someone out there. But that but of course there's always yeah. someone out there. It's not about someone, right? Like we could all theoretically, everybody in the chat could write stories from marvel or dc would they be good no no and can... that's the point well, hey, my well, wait my would but 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 if they're getting lower quality creators what why do it i mean if you're launching a line too maybe you pay ike jemison a decent amount to help launch a line i'm just saying i think that there is a possibility here that hasn't been touched yet I, I, it's not going to get touched. This will this will be uh, this will be one of our end of the year bets. Wow. This is going to this is a yeah. long term bet then. Yeah, Tyler, let's Tyler, do it every year. Tyler, welcome to the trenches. Fucking let's get an omnibus bet going because I will put I I will put money down on this. Like I'm just imagining like Sandman volumes in this format. Like the, it was printed in the comics in the same shitty paper. That these books probably have. Like, it's original printing. I have those issues. I think Sandman is an entirely readable book this way. I'm curious of how they do paneling. I wonder if they're going to be readjusting no, no, panels. I don't know. No, it's not. Kel, you need... We it's need, so we need fucking to not. <laughs> Kel, you need is your blood pressure okay? You're literally red, redder than your shirt right now. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? They've adjusted look at the panels of, for, for Look at the size of the comics. floppy. Look at the size of a floppy sure. and then look at the size of a manga book. But I'm also like they've done panel uh, shifting for digital comics for panel to panel reading. It's not. So they're going to ruin it is what you're saying. Possibly. Yes. Possibly. <laughs> then nobody's going to pick it up. Oh, I think you misunderstand people understanding uh, the people that are getting this probably don't understand the craft of panel layout. But then going forward, yeah, you can then it, adjust the book to be made to fit that format. That's what I'm also saying. And I'm saying if you break the page like that, it's going to be bad. Right, like even a novice, when when a page is broken, it affects a novice reader very, very bad. Sure, sure. So I worry about that. And then also, you know, comparing it to manga, manga's made to be that way. None of these books were made to be this way. So it'll be interesting to see how they work when you do tweak them, because I think Kale's right. When you break the format, it does impact the readability. Yeah, I don't think they break the format for these books, like honestly. But I think if these things have, they sell enough... I think you could then start creating things to fit this format better. What's the current page size? 8.5 by 11? That's standard no, that's, letter, letter page. That's, that's standard A1 letter, letter yeah. page, I think. 
is a concept. Dan Trudeau says, until they see, until they see how these sell, we're all just filling the blanks with our own prejudiced perspectives. It's something they have to try. Welcome to the show. <laughs> we have a podcast, bud. <laughs> Did Marvel uh, Dan- try this with the Mangaverse for a bit, or something similar with this format? Was Mangaverse Spider Man? No, I think that was still Mar- comic book format. No, no, that was manga. Was it? No, it wasn't. Was it not? No, I, I don't. Maybe we're. I'm talking about the first Mangaverse. Yeah, I'm talking about like. Like Ninja a, Clan Spider Man, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was comic book size. It was, I have okay. some of those. I think maybe Spider Man Loves Mary Jane maybe was manga yes. sized. Okay, yep, yep. Marowakus girl says cool. if someone reads a comic online and liked it a lot, he's going to want to have a physical edition. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's like saying that people who who pirate a CD or listen to a uh, an album on Spotify are going to go out and buy a copy. That's just not true, especially not in the modern world why would you do that? You just read it. You read it for free. Why would you go out and, and overpay? Cause these books are overpriced. Why would you go out and overpay just to have it physically? People the, are, people are priced out of apartments that are big enough to even fill bookshelves as normal, normal enough space. Yeah. There's no way. I think there are so, so many misconceptions about people's buying habits. And we're seeing that less people are buying comics. Com- comic book characters have never been bigger, but less people are buying comics. Not than ever, but, you know, maybe maybe than ever. My friend Kevin, he texts me during the show while he watches, and he said, those uh, Dave Gibbon nine-panel grids on this page layout, yikes. Well, and 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 that's that's a uh, that's a thing. Like, I was going to bring that up, but, like, Dave Gibbons is like, oh, okay. Like, a lot of his backgrounds are, you know, there's stuff in them, but they're fairly – they're fairly um, um, blank's not the word. They're fairly quiet, I guess is the the better way. But like, think about that the Jim Lee stuff from Hush. Like, that's gonna look like crap, man. That's gonna look bad. I I'm very worried about that. Um, a comic book isn't the same as music or movies. You want it physical? Nah, come on, nah, no way. Piracy is a definite problem. I'm not going to argue about whether or not piracy is a problem in comics. It's definitely a problem in comics. This finally, and people who pirate do not go out and buy what they pirated most of the time. This finally answers a question I've had since joining the Comics Pals. Why does Sean hate pirates so much? <laughs> <laughs> That's a mystery that uh, will never be revealed. Hope it doesn't involve booty. Nah. <laughs> Uh, this is a wait and see situation as far as like how this will shake out. I do think I agree with Tyler in that this is a long term uh, wait and see type of thing. But to me, my this conversation went off the rails. I actually did not come to this conversation to negatively talk about this. I actually feel great about <laughs> it. Tyler took us in a whole different direction. I'm very happy with this announcement. I think this is great. I think there's nothing wrong with doing this. I have concerns about the way this will actually look. Like from a visual standpoint, um, when they shrink the art down and the words and everything else, but in general, cheaper comics available in more places, meeting people where they live, objectively a good idea. You're never gonna believe this, given the fit I've thrown. Same. I know. No, we we got thrown off. We we went we 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 went in a different direction. That wasn't the point of this conversation. I'm a with Tyler. This will be uh this will be great supermarket. Th- these need to be put in Walmart's. Yeah. Oh, like this. This is great. This is what this is for. Mm-hmm. It's it's way better than the um the Walmart special thing that they did. Yeah. So we'll see. 
We will see. <laughs> we have a war in the comics, pals. Um, listen, we have a war Hardly. like every every <laughs> week on this show, but it's you know. Then we do a draft, and it's all good. If um, you if you knew what happened during our business meetings, then you would talk about a war. Whatever do you mean? Um, <laughs> let's see. Do you guys want to talk about? Do you guys want to? Uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit, a little bit about Ooh, a little sales. more sales data. Sales, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sales. Let's let's Ooh. let's be let's be a little briefer than we were on that last. Okay. And, and I was at that conversation too. No, no soapbox for me, or whatever I call mine, toilet paper. But I don't know. <laughs> toilet. Tyler's toilet. 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 Tyler's <laughs> toilet. It's where I just sit down the entire time and come up. With my um. Ideas. Let's let's talk a little sales data. So IV, ICV two, they put out sales rankings every month that come from point of sale for stores that are associated with comics hub um that use that system uh it's around 100 it's over 125 stores um which is a lot smaller than the 3000 comic shops that exist so we can't take this as gospel and there were some things that i thought were a little funky but let's talk about it real quick this is for october so it's broken up into two uh, two sections. One is the top 50 comic books by units, and the other is the top 50 comic books by dollars. And um, so there's one book that's, that's number one on both lists, and it shouldn't surprise anybody. It's Transformers number one. Transformers number one was pound for pound, the best-selling comic of October by units and sales. Nice. Units, yeah, units sold in dollars. And, and and I think it's funny because uh, second is God's uh, in terms of sales, but that inherently has a boost because it's friggin' nine, it's 10 bucks. In terms of dollars, yeah. Right, right, right. Do- on, on the units list, God's is fifth. But on the dollars list, it's second because of what Marco pointed out. So Transformers mm, was even smart. able to beat out God's. The volume of Transformers copies sold was so high that it beat out Gods, even though Gods cost double the price. That's incredible. Oh, amazing. same with Amazing Spider-Man. Fucking yeah. hell, what issue is that? Uh, how, do you, how do you think uh, IDW feels? <laughs> Yikes. Probably pretty shitty. <laughs> but Image has the money to throw around. Image can get a Daniel Warren Johnson. Um... Justice League versus Kong versus Godzilla did it did pretty well. We should have reviewed that, I guess. Um, there's Discord nothing really that surprising on this list to me. Yeah, uh, I will say, Amazing Spider-Man being number two, and I know we have currently number thirty-seven in the poll, and uh, I voted in the poll. Uh, I, I voted for surprisingly enough Spider-Man, and I sat there for a second with that. I was like, hold on a second. Why did I just do that? And I and I, thinking back on all the reviews, I'm like, damn, there's nothing wrong with this book. And you know what? Am I about to? Am I about to sign on to a, a fucking monthly Spider-Man book? Let's with, go by bi- weekly. <laughs> by weekly book, I I was like, oh damn. You know what? There's, there's, what? What poll? The poll that you can vote for in the community tab. Uh, thank you very much, Gail. Uh, uh, for the next pals polls, next week's pals polls is currently currently up. We I forget which is winning, at least from when I last checked. But uh, Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-seven is up there, and you know what? I think I'm making the campaign for it this week. Brother, let me t- let me tell you 
I was not doing a bit. <laughs> can I can I can I say what surprised me about this list? Um, DC's preeminent uh, team book is not even in the top twenty, but Birds of Prey is. Uh, which well, is exactly Titans, what we were talking about. Saying. Yeah, yeah, Titans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Better comic. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's yep. good to see that. Like Birds of Prey is right below Avengers. It's number two. And it's well. way better yeah. than Avengers. Yeah, and it's number that's, two, not number one as well, which I think is in, indicative of things. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's a great point, Tyler. I think Titans Titans got thrown under the bus by Night Terrors, so that's unfair mm. uh, or rather unfortunate. But judging by the quality of the book itself, I, 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 don't, think, uh, I, I don't think it earns a higher spot. Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Number 11 is on this list. Granted, it's number 42, but I didn't know anyone was buying that. So for it to be in the top 50, that's pretty decent. Murphy's always telling us to look at that. Uh, the current run is solid. I read the first few issues. Uh-huh. And I really liked yeah. it. Cody so. Ziegler? Yeah. That's, is that yes. who's in it? Yeah. Back yeah. to the normal suit. Wesley Dodds, the same, and right under that. So Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wild. You're welcome. <laughs> is, is Sandman above Titans? No. No, 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 okay. no. Titans no. is 25th. not on the uh, other list. Got it, got it. For anyone who questions why Marvel and DC put out the books that they put out, um, look at the list. Like it's all, it's all the stuff we complain about. It's all the stuff that's like that feels gratuitous or books that we think are like eh. Like there's not necessarily. A sometimes there is in the case of Birds of Prey, for example, even though those characters are super popular, but there's not always a one to one between quality and sales. Yep. For sure, like Universal Monsters Dracula, one of the best books on this list, barely made it. It's number 50, although it just came out, so maybe that's not fair. Uh, one other thing that jumps out to me looking at the top 20 is you know, you say look at the list and you'll see what books get made. Um, the amount of Batman book, Batman family books that we have out there, I and mean, only two of them are in the top 20 kind of goes with my idea like they're diluting some brands in some places i i think we we probably yeah. all agree with that right oh, like, i agree yeah of course that's that's comics um i'm glad that icv2 does this even though it's probably not like god it's not the gospel 125 stores is just a very very small number but um i'm glad they do it because it gives us an idea of how things are selling, and we know that the big two aren't trying to give us an idea of how they're selling at this point, unless mm-hmm. it's doing great. So that's ICV2 for you. We have met our likes goal. Beep, 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 beep. Good, because I made a cool a cool slide for this, and I want to know what Sean's that, idea for this draft was. That argument must have centered over the top. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there was a there was a comment I wanted to tackle right before we do the draft. Uh, Hendrick Perry said this podcast has a lot of quote. We came here positively, but then our pessimism got in the way. Whenever we discuss the topic of selling comics, for sure the pessimism pessimism is earned. This has been a problem since forever. Um, I apologize if I come across as a pessimist when it comes to the state of comics and sales, but I am a fucking pessimist when it comes to the state of comics and sales. I think that there is a problem and I think it's not being addressed. I think this is a way to address that. But if you're at, but what I get stuck on is the idea of an unactivated reader. 
That's what troubles me because I don't think that that exists. And I don't think there's one special trick to bringing people into the fold that aren't. I think there are so many factors and not all of them have to do with poor decision-making. So anyway, that's just where I come down. Does this that. make me a positive? A posi- wait, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Optimist. Uh, optimist. <laughs> positivist. <laughs> the, the other thing about this too, and I said that, uh, in in response to that first the first half of that comment Sean was is that we're really coming at this out of love yes thank you like for our that. our our pessimism is not toward you know the quote unquote woke agenda like we want good comics we want the best of comics and we want we want people to have voices that's not our problem with comics right i don't do this show for my health i do this show because i love comics and i'm sure we all do it for the same exact reason so there's no like no agenda of of destruction uh like other channels so don't want to give that don't want to give that uh perspective but anyway let's jump into the draft let's have fun uh let's jump into the draft this is a very special draft i think this is the collector draft so what do i mean by that this is how it's gonna work we are all the collector from across the multiverse. And we all want to have the greatest trinkets and objects that exist across the multiverse, not just even in Marvel. That's how powerful we are. We are vying collectively to amass the greatest, most powerful collection of objects and artifacts that exist across Marvel and DC and nothing that can be considered that an object or an artifact is off limits. Sorry. Just, just Marvel and DC. Just Marvel and DC. Okay. Okay. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't going to get, let Hellboy get forgotten a a second week in a row. I was like, Ooh, right hand to do. That's what I want, man. I was looking at that white Ranger saber going, Ooh, this is my (laughs) chance. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I yeah. like this one. I like this one. Yeah, I'm into this. How are the duck doesn't count? We're not doing because collectors collected people, but we're not doing that. Right? Just objects and okay. artifacts and things like that. Got it. What All if right. you consider women an object? I'm asking Whoa. for Marco. I'm asking Whoa. for Marco. Hi. Can't be throwing it. Whoa. <laughs> uh, rude. Um. All right. And so we're gonna do this the normal way. Uh, can we do five? You guys think we do five Let's across do five. both DC and Marvel? Yeah. Yeah, I think we can we can nail five between those companies. Um, and uh, the rules are: I will I will roll to determine the order of who goes. You know when uh, we will be doing a snake draft, um, and the winner is determined by the audience. What determines the winner? It's up to you. All right. So I will roll first for myself. Whoa! I already lost the die. All right, I'll roll this first for me. Time. That's a six. Marco, mm-hmm. that is a seven. Oh, Kale, that is a five. And Tyler, that is a seven. So uh, Tyler and Marco Tyler. need to roll off. Yeah. So I'll roll for Tyler first. <laughs> oh my god, that's a twelve. I can beat it. Let's let's run it. <laughs> Eight. Thirteen. What? <laughs> <laughs> dude i have i have rolled 12s in in uh 
in tournaments and had my opponent roll a 12 as well. So no, no way, really? Wow. Absolutely. So go ahead, Kill. Quickly. Uh, uh, is, is the object of this to build the most powerful collection or are we going for like things we think are cool as the collector? Uh, like the best collection? In my mind, it's the best collection. Okay. Um, you're 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 your own collector. Okay. Whatever you it's want. All, it's all vibes here. It's all vibes here. Mine are so, <laughs> so the order is uh, Tyler, Marco, myself, and Kale. Okay. okay. I'm going to start with. We're doing five, right? There's the obvious first one. Oh, uh, Hendrick Perry, thank you for becoming a VI pal. Oh, thank you oh, so wow. much, Hendrick. That's awesome. A long-time viewer, too. Appreciate you. Um, I'm going to pick... I, I, you're in the fir- I'm in the first spot. I feel like I have to take it. Uh, Infinity Gauntlet. There you go. I assume yeah. this comes with the stones. Uh, it would be way less interesting if it didn't. So let's say <laughs> yeah. it does. So, yeah. oh, I got some nice jewelry now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cool I'm, glove. I'm gonna go with the uh ma- the material opticon, um John D's. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that have been Sandman's ruby? Yes, but I want the corrupted one. Okay, that's that was one I was thinking about. Yeah. Um, Hendrick Perry says they were guilted to join. <laughs> no guilt, only take love. it out. Thank we can you. get it. Appreciate you. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cosmic Cube. You mean the Tesseract? Oh, (laughs) don't even start. Uh, My first one will be Jay Garrick's hat. Oh, nice. Okay. My second one. are Are there powers in that? Okay. Just a cool hat. Got wings on it. Uh, my second one will be Alan Scott's Lantern. Oh, nice. I sense a theme. You will be correct. <laughs> I am going to draft. Well, th- I, th- this might not count. I'm I'm comfortable if it doesn't count, but I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, Thor's hammer, Mjolnir. That counts. counts. I was absolutely going to pick that. Yeah, okay. yeah that counts. That counts. Um, mine was gonna be Aquaman's Trident. Right, it has a name, doesn't it? I... Yeah, I think uh, it does. The, yeah. the I think it's just Atlans. Atlans Trident. Oh, I thought it was Samantha. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so I get two now, right? Uh, oh, I broke Kale finally. <laughs> um, let Susan. me. Yeah, let me get the ultimate nullifier. Ooh, and I also. I also want Metron's chair. Oh, nice. Love a good chair. It I'm looks gonna, comfy. He's, that, that, that dude be lounging. Uh, I'm going to do... Uh, damn, I just had it. Not the trident. Oh, oh um, Wesley Dodd's mask. His, uh, his gas mask. Okay. Walking on thin ice, son. <laughs> that was Kale's next. How yeah, you played you. your hand too too early, Kale. People started seeing what you wanted. 
Uh, not yet. <laughs> I am going to draft Dr. Fate's helmet. Nice. I don't know what it's called, but. Naboo. Yeah, Naboo. The helmet of Naboo. Yep. Who's a planet? Not the Star Wars planet. Yeah. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Oh man, now I'm going to imagine Naboo's voice in Gungan speak the entire time I read comics. <laughs> uh, my third one will be Wesley Dodd's gun. Nice. The gas gun. Oh. And uh, good luck with this on the uh, on the images, Tyler. My fourth one will be Ma Hunkle's Red Tornado Helmet. What? So the original Red Tornado was a woman named was an old lady named Ma Hunkle, and her helmet was a pot. Oh, wow. she looked like Forbush Man. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, who's next? Sorry, you. Oh, you. right. I got my two. Yeah. Uh, I will go with. The cosmic control rod. I'm gonna do the eye of Agamotto. That's good pick. Good pick. I would. uh, So I have my last two, right? Yes. Okay. Let me get Doctor Doom's time platform. Mm. And then I also want. Huh. This is a tricky one. Man, there's so many good. <laughs> I want Batman's utility belt. No, I don't want that. Um, I'm looking around. I'm looking around. Give me. Oh, the Crimson Gen of Sidorak. Thinking about that. That's a what? good one. Uh, my turn, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do. Battling Jack's uh, boxing gloves. With blood? Yep. Cool. Last stuff he wore. Nice. Uh, <laughs> going to take it right off his dead body. <laughs> that's right. Don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm going to draft. I think this applies. Well, no. Well, I, okay. I don't know if this is actually legit, so inform me. A boom tube? Uh, mother box uh, would be the right thing. I'll take a mother, mother box. box. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll go with a mother box. You go, you go with your mother's box? What? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's that's it, right? Uh, no, I still have my last one. Okay. Oh, do we do right? five? No, I thought yeah. we did five. five. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, damn. Yeah. My last one is the JSA table. Oh, that's <laughs> so good. That's fun. Probably probably didn't need to have that last one, but I want to round off the collection. You know? uh, a round table. Idea. So was... we, the collectors, mm-hmm. we have amassed and assembled what we believe are the greatest collections of trinkets and baubles and things of great power across multiple universes. But it's up to you, the listener, to tell us who won. So let us know. Uh, I will. I will run over or run down what we all drafted. So, um, 
Tyler got the Infinity Gauntlet, the Ultimate Nullifier, Metron's Chair, Doctor Doom's Time Platform, and the Sidorak Gem. Uh, Kale got Jay Garrick's hat, Alan Scott's lantern, Wesley Dodd's gas gun, Red Tornado's helmet, and JSA table. Marco got the Materio Opticon, Aquaman's trident, Wesley Dodd's mask, the Eye of Agamotto, and Battling Jack's boxing gloves. And I got the Cosmic Cube, Mjolnir, Dr. Fate's helmet, the Cosmic Control Rod, and the Mother Box. So let us know who you thought had the best overall draft. Who has the coolest, greatest collection of objects? Let's see. Let's see, uh, uh, Marco, if you could put up a poll for me. Ooh. Oh, already there. Thank you so much. Um, the chat's got some good ones, uh, although the poll is making it so that I cannot see it. Uh, but uh, CW Gordon's got magic sword, a Green Lantern ring, the Lasso of Truth, cloaks, cloak, and Candor. Candor's a great one. Wow, Candor is a really good idea. Uh, Silver, Sur- up, Silver but... Surfer's board. That's a good one. Yes. Oof, mm-hmm. how did we miss that? Web Shooters. Nice. Web I love shooters. The, the Fantastic Four's uniform of unstable molecules. That's uh, really my, great. My, uh, Kevin says uh, the big the big penny from uh, Batman's Batcave. <laughs> yeah. tell, him to, tell him to comment in the chat. He's scared he's in the chat. He's, he's too scared messages. of it. Yeah, he's what too scared of these text yeah. messages about? He's afraid the internet's going to find him and adjust his algorithm if he engages. <laughs> well, I mean, it will, but yeah. you know, he's, a, he's already engaging. Give us, give us, give us the content. Give us the comments. <laughs> Texting Tyler doesn't help me. I think he gives us the likes at least, and then in the, in the, in the subs, CW so. Gordon said, "I'll take Spider Man's marriage." Ooh, <laughs> would Wolverine's adamantium skeleton count? Oh, because I'm I think thinking that's... like in my, in my head when he huh. when he posited this, I was thinking the the big two page spread of the Maestro's collection. And it had like visions, decapitated head, cap shield, Hawkeye's bow. Weapons are one thing, but I wouldn't say like parts Skeleton. of people's Skeleton bodies bullshit. or anything like that. Oh yeah, I would say it would. Hmm. What about like style? You, like the um the glove, like Wolverine's glove with the um you know like the old toys or whatever where the claws come out. Yeah. But that would just be his hand. <laughs> yeah. Magneto's helmet, another good one. Oh, yeah. yeah. No one took Batmobile. Xavier's chair. Oh, yeah. Would full vehicles count? Not to me. I I, I, I really was, like, trying to keep yeah. it to, like, yeah. objects of power. You guys took it beyond that and made it about things that are just cool um, to look jet. at. But... Yo, uh, I mean, pairs in the chat. Chad Paul's Riz. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like Austin Powers? He just steal his mojo and it's in a vial? Yeah. <laughs> Hendrick Perry says, "Without Wolverine's regeneration, his skeleton would poison and kill you." Have at it. No, no, I'm the, I'm the collector. Ain't nothing killing me. Ooh, the mother mold. That's a full-on giant robot. It's yeah. an item. An item. What? Robots are people too. Brought yeah, to you by I... Adobe Photoshop's new AI in their Photoshop beta. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm a huge proponent of robots. Shrink the you can you can shrink the mother mold and you just have it as like a little keychain. Talking about your mother's mold, your mother's box. What's going on here? The mother mold has feelings too. The the Adams small chair for when he's floating around the JLA table during a meeting. Oh, that (laughs) there's so many good chairs. Kang's time chair. Another good chair. Yeah, yeah. Love a chair. Love a good chair. Hey, we're all sitting in chairs right now. (laughs) Batman's mom's pearls. Ooh. 
Marco, you should collect a dead, dead parents memorabilia. <laughs> uh, I, so I started out with uh, the, the theme was going to be like things that were associated and described to other people, but stolen from them or like, uh, but I slipped on some of it. Oh, what about the, huh. the, the car from the first appearance of Superman when he's, you know, smashing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. That'd be cool. All right. So first car Superman smashed. <laughs> I want to say thank you to our channel members. I want to say thank you to those of you who made the decision to join us today. That's really awesome. Uh, you guys are are phenomenal. You guys are the real VI pals. Um, I want to say thank you to all our patrons who make this possible. Patreon.com slash the comics pals is how you can become among the group that I shouted out earlier. We also have patrons who... Um, or on other tiers that aren't a part of the Palsverse quite yet. But there's a lot to enjoy for any any kind of person who enjoys our show. We even have free stuff on our Patreon page. So uh, give it a listen. We appreciate every single person that tunes in. Thank you for the likes. Thank you for the views. Thank you for the comments. Thank you guys for everything. Um, if you want to join and watch us live, you can do that every single Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. Um, next Saturday's show might be pretty good. We can confirm. Yeah. We might have something special next Saturday. We'll we'll see. Oh. We'll see. I'm a little confused too. Well, I will talk about it. <laughs> I mean, you guys should know. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I have an I idea of the possibility. I don't know anything. But... Kale. Hmm. Um I'm, but... gonna, I'm, I'm gonna end the poll. I'm gonna end the poll. Let's see. Let's okay. see. Yeah. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Ooh, Whoa. Sean, the Whoa. career winner. Wow. I never win these. I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm putting I, this one on Not TikTok to toot my to own see. horn. I'm a little surprised at how well I was. Uh, yours was fun. Yours was fun. <laughs> it gave me a visual. Yours was the only one that gave me a visual. Because I, I I thought of the, the table with all those yeah. things on it. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's kind of cool. So um cw gordon says it's always a special day with the pals thank you so much and you're right our show is always special but it could be extra special next week uh you know what else was special our live book club for the long halloween that was a great time thank you to everybody that showed up if you want to watch it or listen to it it is out everywhere so give that a listen if you enjoyed the live aspect of it let us know we are always soliciting feedback from all of you so um definitely Talk to us about that. Join our Discord server. It's always fun over there. Lots of great conversations happening on our Discord server. Um, oh, and tomorrow, this only applies if you're listening live, but tomorrow we are having a Patreon hangout. So our patrons are welcome to come hang out with us. We're going to be discussing horror comics, considering that it's still sort of that time of year. Uh, we're going to reflect on horror comics that are meaningful to us and give horror recommendations and just chat with our patrons. You know, we love talking to you guys. We get to do it every day on discord twice a week when we do the show and we want even more connection um, with y'all. And we're going to do it a little bit more intimately with our patrons, but it's going to be fun all the same. Um, plugs. Kale, you're up. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the comics pals. You can find me on Instagram at Toto Into. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. You can find my work at Kelward.com. That's C-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. You can find me at Mr. Marco Enomoto on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, talk to me about all the same shit that is One Piece related. Thank you very much. 
Uh, you can find me at the Tyler Olson everywhere. Um, and talk to me about um, Warcraft. Warcraft's biting me in the butt again. If you're feeling the itch, going to the Emerald Dream on Tuesday, playing a little Warcraft Rumble tonight. Uh, it's fun. And you get a cream for that. I, I think I have some in the quarter zone or near Sporin. One of those should do it. <laughs> Pies worth. Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. Love doing the show. Thank you all for listening. Appreciate you. Uh, until next time, we're the Comics Pals signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week.